ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take you all the way down in New Orleans this time. Welcome to part two of my NBA preview, and I am talking with Ronald Ages, um, basketball writer, covers the Lakers primarily, but he's been through a number of magazines. You you know you know him from Hard to Paint, the radio show. You know him from the podcast. You know him from Crunch Time. He's been with me for years, and um, we just rock with it when we talk basketball. If you didn't check out the Eastern Conference preview, go back and do that um, to, to just give a quick wrap on that. Uh, we like Milwaukee coming out of the East. Uh, we think they're, they are the, the better team. They have the best player in the in the conference at the very least, and they have the most stability. When you say that, uh, um, Ron? Absolutely. I mean, this is not – it's more than basketball. When, when we say – when we talk about teams that are real contenders, it starts at the top with ownership, the front office, coaching, the best player, and the supporting cast. They have the best from top to bottom. And they all are on the same page. They want the same goal. They want to win. And they know they might have let a championship get away last year with with uh, with um, they lost to Boston. That is a loaded team. And they're rested. And more importantly, Giannis Antetokounmpo is going to bring something to make him even more dominant than he was last year. Do the Bucks kind of feel like to you, before we move to the West, um, kind of like the Spurs of the East in that, you know, they missed out on the back-to-back. Spurs didn't win back-to-backs while the while not Tim Duncan was was in Milwaukee, you know, in um, San Antonio. But, you know, you had your core, and they've got their three guys in, in Giannis, Holiday, and um, um, Chris Middleton. So you have your core, and you keep retooling around those guys and adding players, and, and you you are in the prime of Giannis's career. He's still got another seven years, eight years at the very least at this at this level of play as long as he stays healthy. So, yeah, they that's who they feel like they could be, that they're set up because the other teams at the top of the East in particular all feel temporary. Who's the coach of the, of the Milwaukee Bucks? Mike Budenholzer, right? Right. Where'd he come from? Where'd he come from? San Antonio Spurs. So what did he do? He, he took that stability aspect and took it to Atlanta. And then Atlanta was good, and they were good for a while, and then they they uh, petered out a little bit, and then he went to Milwaukee. But it's always stability where he goes. I mean, familiar, familiarity is a, is a very important part of basketball. You can't just – I love it when, I, I love it when people say, we're going to put three superstars together, and they're instant contenders. No, they're not. You had we that that was that was the narrative last year. How did that work out? It has, if you got it, if you have seven or eight good players that know how to play basketball, they're going to beat three talented players every single time. We saw this in the NBA Finals. And let me speak on this uh, Golden State Warriors thing. Uh, it's very lazy work and nasty work to say, well, the Golden State Warriors they bought a championship. And I'm not going to speak on any reporters. I don't. I don't disrespect people like that. But I, I did not like that at all. Because mm-hmm. you know something, they drafted Steph Curry. There were other teams. He did not go number one. Number they two, number three, Clay number Thompson. four, five, six. <laughs> he was they the what fourth point guard drafted? Wasn't he the fourth yeah. point guard drafted in that draft? Yeah. I mean, they, they, I mean, look, look. Minnesota. They drafted Johnny Flynn and Ricky Rubio and Ricky Rubio. 
So they could have drafted. So let's not do that. The money he made, he earned. Okay, and it's it's within the collective bargaining agreement. Clay Thompson was not a number one pick. Draymond Green was not a number one pick. Draymond Green was a second round pick. Yes. So in other words, his guy, his contract wasn't even guaranteed. He wasn't guaranteeing contract until he made the team. Andrew Wiggins was on dust heap. Yes. They was giving him words, away. They were, they, they, in other words, they were using Andrew Wiggins to get on. The reason he was on that team is they were so desperate to get rid of D'Angelo Russell and his $100 million contract jacking the threes. But they drafted um, 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 so many players. You know what I'm saying? I mean, Jordan Look, Poole. Kevon Looney's been there. Jordan Poole was not that good a couple of years ago. No, Kevin, Jordan Poole didn't make the league. No. Jordan Poole had to come through the G League. Yes. So they developed their players. Kevon Looney's been there good since good the, in the first system. championship. You know, remember, Kevon yes. Looney's been there since the first title yes. and has and played his role. Their rookies that they drafted, Jonathan Kaminga, got hurt. You didn't see him at hardly at all. You, you had uh, your other um, – what's, what's the one that – James Wise. And James Wiseman uh, didn't get a whole bunch of time, and then your um, Moody, Moody started to come on late, yes. but didn't get, a, but still didn't get a ton of time. The guys that you, Andre Iguodala well past his prime and still yes. was getting rotational minutes for this team. Clay Thompson missed sixty percent of the season last year, yes. and is still. <laughs> so I mean, you talk about this team, like you said, and, and they gutted their way to the finals. Quite literally, they had to gut their way because they did not play exceptional basketball. Draymond Green played horribly, statistically speaking, through every round of the playoffs. They they yeah. won despite him. They, Clay Thompson did not have a bunch of great shooting nights in the postseason. They got enough of them. They got enough from Jordan Poole, and you mm-hmm. had Steph be Steph. But that Golden State team, like you said, it is the it is greater than the sum of its parts right now because they know each other so damn well and their owner they like each other. I can't be mad. I can't be mad at Joe Laker paying $448 million in salary and payroll right. tax um, and, and luxury tax if that's what you want to do to win. If that's the cost of winning and you're willing to pay it, you know, and see, this is the problem. And this is this shows you and you talked at the off the top about the importance of owners and, and their commitment to winning and everything, mm-hmm. you know. And there was this uh, uh, to compare the Warriors to where the Lakers are financially. And this is the thing mm-hmm. that people don't understand about the Los Angeles Lakers: the Los Angeles Lakers' value is on paper. Yes. They are not actually valuable as far as cash goes, yes. because they don't the the buses don't have any other money. All of their money is in the Lakers. That's why the brothers want it out because they're getting old and they want to enjoy their cash. And But the entire trust was tied up in the Lakers. So they needed Genie to buy their portions so that they could get some money. The Lakers are a cash poor team. They can only turn the revenue that they get from the Lakers back into the organization. Genie Buss is, a, is only worth Six hundred million dollars as an owner, and and you and saying only yes, I'm I'm talking about by NBA standards. NBA she fans. is in poverty. Across the street from her, Steve Ballmer is one of the richest men in the world. Period. Jeannie Buss is not the richest female owner in the league. Um, Gail Benson is worth three billion dollars. Gail Benson is worth. 
three billion dollars <laughs> and she's got a saints team and she but she also has tom benson's other businesses his auto yes. dealerships and all those other things that he she inherited genie doesn't have anything but laker money that's so let, it. let's break this down to your listeners the owners in the nba have portfolios which means the nba is a team they have is a small section of the portfolio Mark Cuban, the, his, owner that, the Mark Mavericks Cuban, are not a big chunk of his money. He is the owner that we all want owners to be like. With the Lakers, with the Buzz family, that's it. They don't have it's nothing the else. They, they like to say the word mom and pop all the time. But it's they true. Need. They're the last mom and pop organization in the NBA. They are the last one. Mm-hmm. Every other team is owned essentially by a corporation. The yes. the Lakers are the only team left that is run by a family. You know, they're so when you talk about the Knicks, the reason the Knicks always have money is because the Madison Square Garden group owns mm-hmm. all these other things, TV stations, all this, that, and the other. The Lakers own nothing. They have deals. They have yes. deals that pay them money, but Genie doesn't own anything. They don't own the Staples Center. They don't. They get and revenue they from own, it, but they don't own nothing. They don't even own all of it. Right. They don't own all of it. That's what and I'm saying. The owner of the LA Times owns 27%. Right. So they like she owns, she's the majority shareholder. Majority uh, share owner. Um, but and they can't take it from her because again, it's not a they're not a they're not where you can buy more shares. Out from Genie, you ain't gonna get from under Genie. That ain't gonna. And it's not gonna happen. No, she has controlling interest. You ain't getting it from her. She has enough, way and more doc, than Doctor Jerry. And before Doctor Jerry Buss died, he made sure Jenny Buss needs to sell the team. He needs to sell the team. He needs to sell the team. And and also, you have to remember this. And I think this is an important part that people don't really talk about when they talk about the Lakers. Is that owning the Lakers? Means something. Remember? Do you remember when the McCords? And I'm gonna do this as a quick aside. But you, 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 you know, Los Angeles. You know, we cover baseball too. You and I cover baseball for MLB Pro. But when the McCord family bought the Dodgers, mm-hmm. and they couldn't afford the Dodgers, no, they, because they, they're the they were the ones who eventually sold the Dodgers to Magic Johnson's group. You know, Magic yes. not the majority, but I'm using Magic as the most famous name in that group. But what the McCords understood was owning the Dodgers makes you royalty. In Los yes. Angeles. And in Los Angeles, the, the, the name means something. So owning the Lakers is far more, far more prestigious than owning the Clippers. Steve Ballmer can't be cool because he owns the Clippers. Now, that's why Steve Ballmer is moving his team to Inglewood. And he's yeah. repurposing the forum because you can't, you'll, he'll never have peace of mind in the same building as the Lakers. You can't build nothing in somebody else's house. But, the, but when you look at what the Lakers are, the situation that they're in now, and to me, what they've done is now the value is completely tied to LeBron James. The Absolutely. value of the franchise is completely tied to LeBron James. And that has never been the case in the history of the Lakers where the franchise's value is tied so closely to a single player. Even at the end of Kobe Bryant's career, the value of the Lakers was not so directly tied because the lore of the Lakers was still there. Yeah. I think... LeBron James has single-handedly, and I think this is, has to be part of his career discussion. When at the end of the day, is mm-hmm. yeah, he's he's in the you know I, I still say Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's greatest player, ever, but that's a conversation another time. But LeBron devalued every team he left, but for the Lakers, he did irreversible damage in my mind. The Lakers brand 
no longer means what it used to mean. The Lakers used to be Coca-Cola. The Lakers used to be Ford. The Lakers used to be the gold standard. Now the Lakers are like the Celtics. You know what I'm saying? Like the Celtics mm-hmm. brand kind of still means something, but they got one yeah. championship in the last 30 years. So people, yeah. it's not the same Boston. This ain't 1979 Boston. The Lakers are now another franchise. They are they not are the Lakers. They are just another NBA franchise. The Lakers are a history lesson. Because that's all the, that's what you're going to get this year. If you're a Lakers fan, Look, look, I'm going to irritate a lot of people with LakeShowLife.com. You know they can't stand you for what what you said about Anthony Davis, which turned out to be right. But this is a history lesson. If you go on social media, that's all they say. Well, LeBron is the greatest player of all time. It's an argument. It's never a debate because you have to debate. You have to bring something to the table. Okay? Anthony Davis, we are waiting on him to play past, uh, what, 40 games? We, 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 we'll be impressed. I told you. And, like, you got, and let's talk about what I told you. You got, I said you were going to get one year out of Anthony Davis, and then it was going to be over. You were going to get it was a contract one year, that they got. year. It was his contract year. This is not a good team. LeBron James is the best player on the Los Angeles Lakers. I'm Which very, very not good. A 38-year-old man. He's going into his year, he going into year 20, and the only reason he's still around is to sell that house party movie, and get his son in the NBA. And to break Kareem's record. And to break Kareem's record and slide past Magic Johnson. That's but all she, the Lakers, Lakers are going to he sell. Ain't, he ain't never going to slide past Magic. He will never – see, LeBron no, has – in a sense, he will, though. he got like – Oh, an all-time assist? Okay, fine. But he we all – again, but Magic is like the Barry Sanders of assists. Magic's career got cut oh, We're talking about this year. We're talking about past John this year. They have to sell 82 games, David. They have to sell 82 games. Yeah. Because you can't sell. I mean, look, like you said, the articles are already out. They don't want Anthony Davis. They don't want him. The Lakers no. don't want him. The franchise don't want him. But nobody else wants max, him. And they got hey, they got to they gotta sign up to a max deal next summer. Nobody, he can else, wants him. nobody else wants him. And nobody else wants him because he always gets hurt. Look, as long as LeBron is not going to play power forward, and AD is not and and AD is not gonna come. Look, AD already said that. Well, I'm I'm willing to play center if they think that's what's best. He said that time and time again. He he's gonna he's gonna whine his way out of that again. And no, Darvin, not this year. Look, Darvin Ham out there. Damian, I love Damian Jones. I love Damian Jones to death. And I was mad when they cut him the last time because he had 16 or 17 field goals. He he's a nasty and dude, and they still cut it for Andre. He's the most unrefined, like all muscle dude at center. He well, don't have I'm no <laughs> like he just five to ten minutes tops. Thomas Bryant is the other center for the Los Angeles Lakers. God bless him. He is a backup, and he is undersized. You could have kept Montrez Harrell. Uh, I mean, I just Anthony I Davis, and, and you know something. You got a whole. You and, got Patrick Beverly, who's gonna start. Like, you're going to start Pat Bev? Like, we're really getting to the point where the legend of Pat Bev is far exceeding the reality of Pat Bev. Like, hey, just because... This is character assassination of Russell Westbrook, David. Bruh. This ain't nothing to do with talent. This has absolutely nothing to do with Reacting talent. Reacting like we're- Pat Bev is a game changer, dude. He is not the reason Minnesota made the playoffs last year. Let's look at me. Let me ask you a question. And this is, is based on games played and, and, and 
specifics. Right. Who led the Lakers in scoring last year? LeBron James. No, it was Russell Westbrook because he played 78 games. Oh, he qualified. And he qualified. <laughs> he qualified. Who led the team in rebound? Russell Westbrook. <laughs> Who led the team in assists? Russell Westbrook. Games played. Russell Westbrook. Miles thrown on a plane. Russell Westbrook. <laughs> but you want to talk about this guy and say Patrick Beverly, who is on his 75th in three years, is going to be your starting point guard. Or Austin Reeves. Well, we need shooting. You know something? Austin Reeves is not a willing shooter. He plays well with LeBron James. He's bootleg Caruso, though. He's not as good as Caruso. No, but he's cheaper. And this is a tremendous downfall from a team that had the stability of Jerry West for 20-plus years, and then at least the competency of Mitch Kupchak for the first six or seven years post-Jerry West. Now you've sunken into this place where you have no consistency, no sense of leadership. His team feels like it's being run by a single player and his agent, and their mm-hmm. decisions are the ones that guide the future of the franchise, and you mm-hmm. are in a desperate chase for players that you can find that are old around this league that have all passed their primes, like, mm-hmm. again, Dennis Schroeder, who you, who you if you counting again on Dennis Schroeder, if that's who the Lakers were counting on, is Dennis mm-hmm. Schroeder. These are problems. If you're counting on Austin Reeves to get you back to the, to the top four in the West, that's a problem. When your front court is hot garbage, you have a problem. When LeBron James is not going to change who he is as a – LeBron James is now Tom Brady. Where you yeah. see where Tom Brady, yeah, Tom Brady is pissing people off because Tom Brady is quick to tell everybody else what they need to be doing and they ain't winning in Tampa no more. And he's just and there he hunting records. The and he's not putting in the work. At least LeBron James left the way. LeBron was put in the work, but LeBron's putting in the work for LeBron at this stage. And like oh, you said, you, you, you gonna, I mean, like the, the it's, to me, like this is one of those things that we talk about. The downfall of the Celtics was because of a number of factors. You know, like, like Lynn Bias died. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You, you, Reggie Lewis died. There was mm-hmm. all these things that really impacted their franchise in ways that you couldn't expect. The Lakers were given every advantage that you could ever have. All of them. And, and, and they turned into, now they are the Knicks. They are poorly run. They are incompetent. They have no draft assets. They have no future. I, and I'm going to say this. Y'all can run them room with Russell Westbrook is is going to is going to play the entire season as a Laker because he's not going to get traded. You'll send him home. You go. You may send him home and pay. Yeah, you him. might I'm send not, him home. But you have to pay him out. You may have Russell send him get that check. They're going to they do what Houston did to John Wall. But the Lakers no can't more. afford to do it. The Lakers see, but the, you can. The, the they Rockets need him. But see the whole because yeah, they need Russ to play badly. They need him, they need him more than people realize. Because, yeah, because, you can see, see John Wall because they're looking for a number one pick. The Lakers yeah. pick goes to the Pelicans. Yes. But you know something? Everybody was dogging us out when he said, you know something? The Lakers gave up a lot of picks to get Anthony Davis. Well, they got a title. Fine. You ain't getting Why don't you stay warm on that law for the next 15 years? Because there's a reason why they don't want to get rid of those first round picks. Everybody knows that is going to be a lottery team. Well, I don't want to spend too much more time on Lakers. I don't either because I'm getting upset. Just an awful, awful team. And we spend a lot of time talking about an awful team. But I think it's 
I, I just think it's sad in the sense of, you know, not as a, you know, like I don't love them anymore. You know, I used to love, I used to love the Lakers, you know, my first team, you know, before I became a Knicks fan, I loved Kareem because all you saw was Lakers Celtics. So yes. I, I was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. That's who I wanted. And Magic Johnson, I knew Magic Johnson, you know, um, so I watched the Lakers. You couldn't help, but, and there was a lore to them. There's no luster, no lore anymore. It doesn't, they are just a team. So, um, but that's it with them. We go to the other team in LA, the Clippers. And, you know, the thing always with the Clippers is, are they healthy? Yes. And if they are healthy, even when they're not healthy, they're going to be a good team. They finished five over 500 last year with no games from Kawhi and Paul George missing half the season. And they still finished uh-huh. with 42 wins. I, I believe that Tyron Lue is one of the top two or three coaches in the NBA, regardless uh-huh. of where you put him. I think he can make a team win uh, because he doesn't take any shit. He, he, he makes his players live up to their part of the bargain. Um, you yeah. are going to do what he asks you to do or you're going to sit your ass down. It's really that simple. And I think that that's really good for a guy like John Wall who wants to prove that he can still play in this league. And mm-hmm. I think that, that, you know, Tyler will put him in a good position to do that. But the whole thing is if they're healthy, this could be the best team in the West. If they're not, then they, they're somewhere, they still qualify for the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, well, listen, if Kawhi Leonard can stay healthy, because the body he has, if you he can combine the body he has, because that dude is huge and he is finally healthy from the injuries way back in San Antonio. Okay, we knew he was playing on one leg for years. He's not playing on two. That dude worked on it worked on his body to get healthy last year. They basically the Clippers did exactly what the Golden State Warriors did when Clay was out, when Steph broke his hand. That's what they, we're going to develop our young players and get them ready. And now we're going to bring back two superstars and combine everything to 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 win. To win. And I'm going to tell you, let me tell you something else too. The John Wall signing was very, very huge. Because you want to know why? Because now they don't have to depend on Reggie Jackson in the postseason. Part of the reason why they lost, why why they got in trouble last year is because Reggie Jackson felt a need that he got to go through his legs and create a shot and not having Jamal Crawford. That yes, you basically you traded Jamal Crawford or Lou Williams for (laughs) Reggie Jackson, who was not in neither of those players' class. They didn't have Kawhi Leonard to anchor that defense. They didn't have Paul George to anchor that wing wing defense to cover up the mistakes of Reggie Jackson. So we know something. When the game is closed and Reggie Jackson feel the need, he needs to go through the legs and the crowd's going crazy. Hey, John Wall, John, come here. We're going to bring you in and let and set, set everything down. And the biggest thing, and we said it in the Eastern Conference uh, preview, we're going to say it now. John Wall wants to be there. He, he just wants happy. a chance. He wants a chance. He got a two-year deal yeah. at $13 million. Everybody's saying, two-year deal at $13 million. He got enough money. It's not about money for him. He wants to be able to play – in, in, for a team where games matter. He's been to the playoffs yes. multiple times. He's never been on a 50-win team. He's mm-hmm. never been on a 50-win team. The, the Wizards haven't won 50 games, and I think in their, since the last time they won a championship. He gives them somebody who, besides Paul George or besides Kawhi, can run that offense and create opportunities for other people. And even they, I don't think they even need 17 points from them. They no, I mean, I'm just saying he could do that. Rate. If you can get by with 12, but the main thing is he can, he is a he is a viable option when Reggie Jackson starts going and going feel the need that he needs to take over and he's the superstar. This is a formidable defensive team. 
with great coaching, with an owner willing to pay that money, and you got Jerry West putting it all together. And if there's a trade that's available, they'll go for it. If there's a reason for them to go all in this year, then the Clippers will go all in because Ballmer wants that championship. And if he can get one now before they move, if Ballmer, if they can win one in Staples Center, bruh, and they get the hang of Banner in Staples Center before they move to Inglewood? Yo. You close that Because this is personal. We have to understand this is personal. It, you, you you might as well close L.A. down. If the Clippers win it this year, it's worth 17. Wow. That's a hot take for you, folks. <laughs> for the Clippers? So, David. Dude, for the, the Clippers, Clippers, yes. For the NBA, yeah. yeah that, that's a, that's it's a worth hard 17. sale. If but you're you the Clippers. I, I will say this. You tell me this. Will, if you were to gut the Lakers nation if the, if the Clippers won the title. I'm sorry. I don't want to turn this into a good comedy act, but that's what we're move. looking at. All right, we get to talk about Denver. Um, Denver to me is the is so intriguing uh, because again, I do think Nikola Jokic is he's either the best player, or the second best player, depending on what day of the week we talk about. You get Jamal Murray back, who I think is a very good player. I think you know they needed that perimeter balance. I don't think he's an All Star. I don't. Th- I don't think he's that kind of player. I think he had a good run in the postseason. But we talking about a guy who had never averaged more than eighteen points a game in a season before that run in the bubble. Never averaged more than eighteen but points blew, a game. But he blew. His, but he blew his knee. Now he blew his knee before he could make that leap. I'm just saying. But we haven't seen the leap yet. And well, who does he? I think we can get. I think we can get it this year. I think if and he's really, and they're going to need him. They're going to. I'm not saying they don't need him. I'm just lot. saying him being back is very important. He balances them outside. He, that's what he provides. He's he's going to be the outside scorer for this team. Um, but you, and then you also, you get Michael Porter Jr. Back at some point. Um, what but do you need it, him? They, it, because again, it, but uh, the thing for Michael Porter Jr. is always going to be, what is his commitment Bad. physically? And then defense, is he ever going to play some defense? Cause that boy gets run past uh, real quick, but yeah, him and him and Kyle Kuzma are the models of the NBA. They do try to look pretty on, on an NBA basketball court. Yeah. But Michael Porter Jr. just oozes talent. And I feel bad for him the way he got injured. You yeah, know what I mean, he was going up for a dunk, and it looked like he got hit. that bad. And it looked like he, it looked like an embarrassment injury. But it turned out to be something more than it's it was. Back. And, and that's what I worry about with back injuries. I don't like back injuries. I don't like ankle injuries. I don't like foot injuries. I don't like knee injuries. I don't like back injuries. And if he does, if he does not come back from this one, it's a we probably looking at a situation like Lonzo Ball. Yeah, where like, it's where he's a guy that continues to get he's like becomes a journeyman because you yes. can't ever count on him. Um again, and that's the that's the shame of it is that these injuries can be debilitating. I mean, they, they got KCP in the offseason, who I think helps them defensively. Yeah. You still have Aaron Gordon, who is always going to be a high-level role player. He is never going to be a star mm-hmm. in this league, but he's a yeah. high-level defender. Um, can defend multiple positions, three all three front court positions. That was something that they, you know, defensively they weren't as good last season. Um, and of course, offensively, Jokic really had to carry everything. Like yeah. people don't under, like really dig into the numbers when you talk about. There, to me, there was no argument whether it was Jokic or Embiid. To me, there yeah. was none because when you talk about what Jokic was working with, and people say, well, they were the sixth seed in the West. Yeah, they were the sixth seed in the West. They were only the 14th seed rocks, rocks. And they were only two games behind the Sixers record. 
yeah. in the tougher conference. So let, let's, let's be real. And you couldn't name his other three. You couldn't name the other four starters for the Nuggets. No, but I will say this. Porter Jr., they're going to have to stay healthy. They can't keep riding Nikola Jokic like this because you're messing with it. You're messing with his future. We're messing with his future now because he was playing both ends of the floor. But it was nights when he was playing 55 minutes. You know, they go to overtime. Yes. like, God, how is And he- they just handed him the ball, and he's initiating the offense. Every play. Every play went through him. He has to make the decisions. He got to run back down the floor and then bang on these on these on these big bodies, and you just run it in fifty like fifty five minutes. And yes, it was some overtime, and he's sitting there trying to front like he ain't tired, and he wasn't he wasn't fooling anybody. So this and you put this over a couple of years now, over a couple of years, if those guys don't come back and take some of the load off of him, he's going to join them on the injured list. The knickknack injuries and him, him getting out. And everybody said, "Why is Jokic on? Why is he healthy?" The last couple of too years, too many minutes, too many minutes. And this is after he decided to get himself into some shape, and he is in great shape. Yes, dude. Like again, another phenomenal summer. That dude was out there. You, he. There were a couple of plays where he worked Giannis on the perimeter, and I'm yeah. like, "Yo, for Jokic to be that quick." Again, yes. quickness versus speed are two different things. Jokic mm-hmm. is so quick. His feet are so his footwork is ridiculous. And yeah. his, his his vision and his touch that do, and he's strong as hell. It's like really, what does he not do, right? What does what does that man not do? And the difference between him and Joel Embiid is Jokic won't bail you out. No. He'll do the same move until you stop it. Joel will go – You can. he'll start floating out to the three-point line and 15, 17 feet and shoot a couple of jump shots here and there. Oh, and also Joel – Joel's going to miss 15 to 20 games a year too. Exactly. And Jokic is going to be there for 75. Exactly. And on top of that, he would – and he can hit his free throws. And he can knock down the three too. He's a better three-point mm-hmm. shooter than Embiid is as well. And he's as good a rebounder. Mm-hmm. And he does have a defensive impact. People think he's not a defender. No, he has a defensive impact. Please don't yeah. don't sleep on Jokic, man. I'm telling you. Like people just, I think people do not want to admit how good he is because he's Eastern European, and you know nobody wants to say that an Eastern European dude is the best player in the NBA. But we look, it's Jokic and Doncic, man. Those dudes are two of the three best players in the league right now, and you just got to deal with it. The game has the Europeans. They come back here all the time, and what are they telling you? It's easier to score in the NBA than it is in Europe. All the time. Look, if Jamal Murray does not play yeah. uh, a significant amount of games, we can forget it. It's going to be we're going to see Jokic at a great. We're going to see Jokic, and more importantly, the number and what it, it will cheapen the numbers of Jokic over time too. Look what happened to Russell Westbrook. All them numbers, and then after a while, you get bored. But see, Jokic go, at least Jokic. Russ never got out the first round. Nah, yeah, you're right. But Russ never led a team out the first round. Jokic has at least been in this conference finals. If, 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 if Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. and Aaron Gordon – look, Aaron Gordon's going to have to score some more. He's going to have to score more consistently. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Because he's, he's starting to become a liability. Yeah, them 11 way. points a game out of Aaron Gordon makes no sense. 11, 13 points a game it, out of It is not like they, did, they froze him out of the offense. They needed him he to score last did year. did not knock down shots. I mean, he's got to be more than a slam dunk. 
I mean, we got we. I got to see you more. I got to see you more than NBA. He needs to be able to knock night. down that mid range consistently. He needs to become like Blake Griffin, the late stage Blake Griffin when he was still healthy a little bit. Knock mm-hmm. down that mid range and still be able to run the pick and roll. And then Blake started adding that corner three. That's what mm-hmm. Aaron Gordon has to has to. That's what he has to become. Absolutely. Uh, let's go to Phoenix. I think Phoenix takes a big step back this year. Um, there's a lot of problems in Phoenix. Uh, Chris Paul is is clearly, and we love Chris. You not, we and I love Chris. We, uh-huh. you know, uh, as Wake Forest dudes, North Carolina cat, uh, we love Chris Paul. But um, and he's the best point guard of his generation. But Chris ain't got it no more. It's, it, it's just his body can't hold up. He will, he can give you the regular season. He can win games for y'all regular season. But by the time he gets to the second round, his body starts falling apart. He can't put two consecutive quality games together. And that, and I think Devin Booker, we saw in the postseason last year, that Devin Booker, he's still a kid. He's still not mature. He gets into shit with people and starts arguing. And even when he was hurt against the Pelicans, he's coming off the bench and yelling at people. And then you be pissed off DeAndre Ayton, who was turning into one of the best defensive bigs in the league and a, mm-hmm. and a premier pick and roll guy, and was also showing you an offensive game that was expanding with the jump shot and being able to get the one-handed floaters in the, in the paint and stuff. Mm-hmm. You pissed him off. I think Mikael Bridges is a fantastic player. I love him, um, but I don't know how much more he develops with, with, with this group right now. So I think, yeah, the Phoenix Suns are going to be a good team. They probably win 50 games. Um, but I don't think they win it. I don't even think they get out of the first round. Let's talk about Devin Booker. Devin Booker is one of my favorite players to watch in the NBA. I love watching that guy shoot basketball. It's so pretty it's to watch. It is a pure jump shot. But if you talk about his girlfriend, his mama, baby mama, whoever, he loses his mind. You remember the meme? He is a meme of Luca looking at him like this. Oh, my goodness. Well, what's the problem is? Where were you? You can't do nothing with seven. me. You can't do nothing with me. Luca Doncic exposed the, the Phoenix Suns. He exposed In particular, Paul. Devin Booker. Devin Booker was selling T-shirts. I love Luca. On the streets after that game. Nobody can explain that game, that first half, to this day. And more, and, and you know why the Phoenix tr- Suns are in trouble? They can't figure it out either. And Cameron Payne was a great find two years ago. It gave him his money. And it just like he started feeling himself. He must have got some local car. He must have got some local car dealership commercials. He has fallen off. Cameron Johnson is going to have to show. I like Cam Johnson. I, I like him. I love the way he can, he can shoot. And he I'll got cover. aggressive too. He got he started attacking the basket a bit more too last season. I watched He's him have to do more, and He's I watched to do more. Well, they got to give him that responsibility. You got to allow him. I think you play him and Bridges together a lot. You got to give him and Bridges that opportunity because Bridges at the three and using him as a big four, uh, you know, as a small ball four at Cam yeah. Johnson. I like that grouping together with the, because of their activity. I think those two dudes together are and Jay Crowder is, you know, so like what is can, but again, they need him too. But so I'm trying to figure out what did this guy do to upset 
the front office, coaches down. What did this man say to the point that he is not going to play with the team? He is not going to play with – he's not going to play with the Phoenix Suns anymore. No. Now, look, he is overrated as a 3 and D player because, look – well, his best years are behind him. It, it's, wow. it, he cannot shoot that three like to stay on the floor for long periods of time. However, he does play well. He plays better defense than Cam Johnson. I mean, I he don't like that. He does bring some type of leadership. They're going to need veteran leadership in that locker room. His after the- after what happened last year in Game Seven, mm-hmm. DeAndre somebody look somebody's going to have to help Chris Paul say, "Hey, man." Because we right now, we need to know if DeAndre Ayton is going to be DeAndre Ayton, the superstar that we know he can be, the David Robinson, the guy that can't nobody stop. Or is he going to be DeAndre Jordan, who got the money in the Clippers? And is DeAndre Ayton is, I don't think DeAndre Ayton turns into DeAndre Jordan because he's far more skilled than, than DeAndre Jordan is. But I think he can be miscontent. He can be a malcontent. And I think he yes. can want out because he doesn't feel appreciated. And I think his, his relationship with Monty Williams um, is sour. And I think, and, and I've seen this with Monty before because Monty and Anthony Davis had a falling out um, in New Orleans, but a lot of that was steered by AD's dad, but they had a falling out at one point over again, the way that they wanted to be used. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that that's the case here with DeAndre Ayton, who's saying, I've earned a bigger role here. You need to stop mm-hmm. treating me. I'm the number one goddamn pick in the draft. Y'all took mm-hmm. me number one overall over Luka Doncic, over mm-hmm. Trey Young, Denise mm-hmm. dudes. You took me number one, and you're treating me like I'm the fifth guy. And, mm-hmm. and I, I mean, the check is one thing, but I got a damn career to think about, too. And, you know, I don't think he, he – I think he – you know, and you look at the, the roster, and like you said, that, are, you, are you in love with Landry Shamit? No. Are you in love with Ish Wainwright? Who? Are you in love with Bismack Biombo? Who is a serviceable is player? Thirty. You know something? He's happy to be there. Are you? Are you in love? I mean, Tory Craig is a nice role player, but Tory Craig ain't gonna make no difference. You know, what I'm the fifteenth player. He's twelve. And was, okay, and is Tory Craig better than Jay Crowder? No. Not. So I mean, I mean but Jay Crowder ain't gonna be there. And exactly. in the rest, but you go, you go, That's what, again. We, we, we were laughing about Russell Westbrook and Pat Bev. Okay, let's pull the same. We'll pull them in the same scenario. I mean, we talking about okay, guys, in what world is Tory Craig better than Jay Crowder? We talking about Josh Okogie. We talking about Damian Lee. We talking about Dwayne Washington Jr. We talking about Dario Saric. We talking about Jock Lockett, Lawndale. The bench is not that good. No, they go they go about seven deep. This team feels like it's about seven deep, and you don't have a reliable point guard behind you behind Chris Paul because, like no. you said, campaign is not that dude. Yeah, I just I just don't know that like it feels like they need to go out and find another veteran point guard to help out there. And I don't know who that is. Who would that be? It's not it's nobody out there. If really there really is nothing out there. And see, the thing is, their their salary cap ain't the greatest in the world either. And you have a situation too where your owner is trying to sell your team the team, exactly. which means that he's not taking on any more salary. 
He's trying to get the salary as low as possible so he gets as much money back in the sale because this team is going to get sold for $3 billion. And so if that team is going to get sold, he wants as much of that to be in his pocket as possible instead of spending that on players. So I think that also impacts trades down the road for this team because Mm -hmm. they're not going to make any trades on players who might have a contract that lasts longer than a year. They're not going to take on any big deals for guys who have multi-year contracts. So you're talking about a team that's limited in what it can add as well the only people pieces it may be able to get are guys who are available on the street and there's some talent on the street, but there's also a reason that it's on the street. Let's move on to Memphis. Grizzlies won 56 games last year. They were second seed in the West. Um, Grizzlies had a little tough off season too. You know, you got to wait with Jaron Jackson again, um, who is as, Again, Jared Jackson is as talented a front court player at his age in the league. He's a guy who could make an all defensive team. He's a guy who could shoot for me outside at 6'11 and could get and, and plays uh, very well around the basket as well. But he ain't going to be back till, till January, maybe February. Yeah. So that's a huge loss. You you already know that Ja Morant will miss games because he has missed games. And I love Ja. You know, you know me. I've been talking about Ja since he was at, at uh in college. I thought he was, you know, I, I figured he would be the second pick in the draft. I love Ja Morant as much as I love any other player in the league right now. But Dylan Brooks started losing his mind. You know what I mean? I I, I love that they they re-upped with Desmond Bain. I love, you know, that they've got the, I, I, I love the, uh, Brandon Clark, that re-signing as well. That dude is a, and he got a great value deal from, from Memphis and only yeah. having to pay him $40 million over the next four yeah. years. And he was their best front court player in the playoffs. You, mm-hmm. you, I mean, but you're stuck with Steven Adams still, a guy that you re-signed. And I don't understand this, that they keep Steven Adams around. And he just, I mean, I guess he's there for Why the don't you like him, man? I, I don't have a problem with Steven Adams, but if you're the Grizzlies, I don't understand because he didn't play in the playoffs. They did not play him in the playoffs. They did not play him in the playoffs, but here's the thing. Chemistry. Now, I will say one the one, the one move I did not like from the Grizzlies, they let Kyle Anderson go. They let him walk. And I, I, you need guys like that in the locker room. Because you're right. John Morant, young. Uh, Brandon Clark, young. Uh, Jared Jackson, Jimmy, young. These are young players. You're going to need somebody to be a liaison. Because because now the Memphis, Memphis Grizzlies matter. Every they ain't night. sneaking up on nobody. Anymore. No, so in other words, they gave the Golden State Warriors trouble. So now they have to they have to deal with the expectations of being a title team. And they've been building a title team. And they've been building. The first yes. year they were with John, they they barely made the playoffs. The second year they, they made the playoffs. Third year they get the second best record in the West. So now, mm-hmm. yeah, the expectation is you should be in the uh-huh. conference finals. So all eyes are gonna be on John. All eyes are gonna be on these young players. So you're gonna need a Steven Adams to keep things cool. You're going to need – you would have needed Kyle Anderson to keep things cool. The guy was with San, with San Antonio forever. Slow mo. Now, part of, okay, be honest with you. I love saying slow mo while he plays, after he makes a play. But he's a guy that makes sure there's a balance in the locker room and on the floor. And that's very, very important. Because what happens after a four-game losing streak? Does Josh start to feel the pressure and say, hey, you know right. something, I got, to, I got to do more. Trying too hard. As opposed, as opposed to, you know something, 
let's use all of my pieces on the floor to make me even more powerful. Or Desmond Bain saying, you know something, I'm open, I'm open, I'm the best shooter on the team. And then things in the locker room start to leak out a little bit. I mean, these guys are what, 19, 20, 21 years old? It's still a young team. I mean, well, Josh's 22 now. He's 22. But he's still young. Yes, he's very young. And right now, he has the world at his feet. Oh, I, I mean, I love John. I think that John is a dude that wants to to knock off the he like he's he's here to compete. Like that's why mm-hmm. I love John Moran so much is that he is disrespectful in the right way in basketball. Like he's mm-hmm. disrespectful in all right. You're gonna have to prove to me that you're the best, and that's what we demand out of our great players when they come into the league. Whether it's Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, whoever, from the day that LeBron walked into this league. You know, remember, we know the famous quotes of guys like Darius Miles and uh, Ricky Davis saying, LeBron, they're going to come in here and take over this team. You know, those guys, those rookies who believe that they are the the legit ones who understand, Job was one of those guys. And he believes that there's no sacred cows in this league. He's going to take down whomever you put in front of him. And that's why I like those a lot of these guys on this Memphis team. And I also like the, the sneaky thing that Memphis did is people undervalue the acquisition and picking up of Kenneth Lofton Jr. Kenneth Lofton Jr. from Louisiana Tech. Mm-hmm. Dude put up 20-something in 10 last year at Louisiana Tech. Dude comes into the summer league murdering folks. Yeah. Murdering folks. Mm-hmm. Murdering top lottery picks in the summer league. Killing them offensively. He's got He's big, but yeah. a homeboy has touch. He has feel around the basket. He's sneaky athletic. He's one of them big dudes that all of a sudden gets up on you and you didn't realize how quick he was. And he knows how to use his body to separate and score. Kenneth Lofton Jr. is going to get more minutes than people think for the Memphis Grizzlies this year. Okay. But you're absolutely right. Because, I mean, think of Oliver Miller before he just couldn't push the plate away. I mean, and this kid is not, he's people. not an eater. Like, in other words, he's big, but he's not big and slow. And he knows how to use his body to get that space to lay the ball He's square and, big. Like, yeah. he's not circle, he's not donut round. He's yeah. square big. Like, he's a big, big man. And he's, 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 I mean, he's built to be a football player, but homeboy can play the game of basketball. Um, the Mavericks... Let's go over there. Again, we've already talked about Luca and that he could, you know, he he's gonna be one of the top three or four players in the rankings for MVP. That's, that's our, you know, um, I love ha- them having Spencer Dinwiddie because I think Spencer Dinwiddie is one of those cats that's been undervalued in this league um mm-hmm. for too long. Uh I think the Nets made a huge miscalculation and let that dude yes. get away from them. Uh I thought Spencer Din- you know, uh, when they were really coming up under Kenny Atkinson. Spencer Dinwiddie was a difference maker, and yeah. he still showed that he can be one uh, in a number of games. I think Tim Hardaway Jr., uh, he he already, he's already shown you that he has chemistry with Luka. And if you ask him just to do what Tim Hardaway Jr. does, he can be very effective in that off of playing off of Luka. Uh, Christian Wood, who I like talent-wise, is still a enigma. head case. He's an, I don't he's know, an enigma. I don't know what I'm going to get out of Christian Wood. He has as skilled as you want to find. This is a dude who could average 20 and 10 in the NBA mm-hmm. and shoot Absolutely. 35% from three and block two shots and get a steal every night. And yet he is a, a problem with coaches. He, he does not get along with any coach. There's not a single coach that he's been under that has loved him enough to keep him. 
They all get his talent, but don't nobody want to keep him. Let me put you this way. You remember last year with uh, when the Lakers were trying to trade Russell Westbrook and it was supposed to be a second round. It was supposed to be Russell Westbrook and a first round pick mm-hmm. and the thing fell apart and or, or it was out of one or two picks. There was an offer on the table that was allegedly that Christian Wood and John Wall and they didn't and the Lakers could have taken back Christian Wood and John Wall and not given up them second round picks. The Lakers said no. So this says a lot. And you know John Wall's a clutch client. With Christian Wood, it's like he thinks he's got the game figured out. And what have you accomplished? What have you figured out? He's got numbers. Really, what, have, what have you figured out? Because let's let's look at what happened. He left Houston. And they brought in Kevin Porter Jr. And Kevin Porter Jr. is a head case. And if you can't get along with Houston, and this is where this is very important. John Lucas is a part of that organization. So John Lucas is going to take aside any young player and do anything in his power to help him succeed. If Christian Wood cannot get along with an organization with John Lucas in it, it's about Christian Wood. And I'm going to tell you this, if Christian Wood, and I don't know if his, his deal is coming up or he's about to have a contract extension. I hope it's not a case where he thinks that, hey, man, you know something? I'm going to come in here and I'm going to play for my next deal. Yeah, he's playing for his deal. He's 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 on his his contract expires this year. He's um he's getting paid 14.3 mil by the by the Mavs. Well, he's five minutes he's five minutes from becoming a journeyman. Because this is the because last Finney year of the Smith three year deal Finney he signed Smith. with Houston. Finney Smith is a great player, and he's a three and D player, and he's their best defender. But he's, he's not a big out. either, though. But Finney Smith's not six ten. No, but you know something? Finney Smith will play every single night. Christian Wood will not. That's the problem. Luca, Luca, if he falls out with Luca, we done seen what happened with Porzingis. Christian Wood's going to go right along with him. Spencer did win. Did win. In, in other words, there are too many offensive options for a player to come in saying, I need to be the number one option in his mind that does not play defense. The, the only issue is that they just don't have a lot of front court scoring around. Like, I mean, you know, Dwight Powell is a very good defensive player. I like Dwight Powell in that regard, but he also struggles with staying healthy. That's a yeah. bit of a problem for him. Um, you, you do bring in JaVale McGee, who is still a very valuable backup, you know, big, but he's not your starter. And then, you know, and, and you have uh, what's your, your boy? Bertans, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, and you got the other German dude. What's, your, what's the other German? I forget his uh, name. Uh, bah, 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 bah. uh Maxi Kleber. Maxi yes. Kleber. Um Max Kleber, he, that's not a center. But I mean, you know, he, the only thing they bring him out to do is just a stretch, it's just a stretch of defense. And that's what he and Bertans play, play the their stretch the force. And they, and both of them are shooting the same way right now. Terrible. Um Frankie Nilakina, you know, we know him. He's a defensive, he's gonna play defense, not much else. He can't really do much else. He's not gonna create for you, he's not gonna knock down open three. Um, no. Richie Bullock is there just to shoot the open three. Theo Pinson yeah. is not going to play. You know, no. he ain't gonna play no minutes. Um like I said the last, the, hey, it takes all, it's, it's a talent to play to be the last guy on the bench and be yeah. happy about it. So I, you know, that's where Theo Pinson is. Theo Pinson and Frank Frank Nilakina and Josh Green. Those are the dudes who are sitting at the end of the bench. Jaden yes. Hardy, they'll be down there at the end of the bench. Yeah. Um, but it's 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 really it's on 
how good is Spencer Dinwiddie going to be and how good is Christian Wood going to be? And that's with Dallas. It means that they could be as good as the second best team in the West or they could be the seventh best team in the West. Yeah. Like that, it's literally that wide of a range with the Mavericks is that you have no idea. And again, it doesn't seem like the Mavericks have ever had any success because other teams don't trade with the Mavericks. You ever notice that? No. Mavericks been looking for a star for how long? And mm-hmm. they're willing, to, you know, that they're willing to spend the money. You know, they're willing to make a deal, but nobody makes deals with the Mavericks. There's something nobody, I, I don't know what it is, but ain't nobody ever made a, a, a significant deal with the not Mavericks. Since Donnie, not since Donnie Nelson left. Mm-mm. And, and that's, that, you know, something, and you know, something, the NBA is a small world. A lot of people like Donnie Nelson, and everybody loves And they said he got done no. wrong. They said exactly. he got done wrong. And, and I'm going to tell you, Faye, to listeners of this podcast, you better believe this. General managers have to have a relationship with other general managers. If you don't, you're not going to get any deals done. You're going to have a whole bunch of rumors. And so, yeah, Dallas Mavericks could be a very good team, and they could be going in the first round. That's that's the type of team they are. And this next team is similar to that, too, the Minnesota Timberwolves. Like, people forget how good Minnesota was the last third of the season. 22-11 and 11 down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Now, when they partied a little too hard in that first round, that was a little bit of a, a bit extra. Slow down. Gonna, I know it had been a while. Gonna, you ain't going to take, you take your sweater off and throw it away? <laughs> I, I know it's been a minute, you know, since they had been out of the first round. It had been since KG was there. They've only been out of the first round twice in franchise history. Look, Rudy Gobert – um, solves one problem for Minnesota in that Carl Anthony Towns is maybe the worst interior defender among the best big men Absolutely. in the and league. Softest. He and is. He, you cannot trust Carl Towns to bang with nobody. Look, even in the playoffs last year, oh, Memphis. he did not have the kind of impact that you wanted him to have. So this, to me, is the referendum is on Carl Anthony Towns this year because I think D'Angelo uh, Russell – I think he gets traded. I think they, they are looking to move D'Angelo Russell because they don't really want him around Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards is about to take the jump. Anthony Edwards yes. is about to take the jump. And you do not want D'Angelo Russell being the backcourt mate with Anthony Edwards when Ant could could become a dude who's putting up 28 points a game from the mm-hmm. perimeter and has the body and the physique at 6'4". He's yeah. not as that big. People, Anthony Edwards is not big. But he is big. You know what I'm saying? Like muscles, big. Explosive, big. And his game is big. His attitude is big. His 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 nuts are big. The dude is, you know, he's the he has to be the best player on his team eventually. Anthony Edwards has to become the best player on his team. But this is the team Minnesota won 46 games last year. Well, 46, 40, yeah, 46 games last year. They should be able to get back to that level again this year. Uh, I'm not sure. I think that I'm that bench sure is still this. good. Look, look, we all talk about Pat Bev and how he hides and whatnot, how he talks and whatnot. But one thing he is, he'll make you believe. Like, in other words, when he thinks he's the greatest point guard in the NBA right now, he truly believes that. But the main thing is he may, he will make you believe but because they, of him that you want to make it to the playoffs. But I mean, I now, like there was that. a Pat Bev effect with that. Let's go into Carl Anthony Towns. Granted, he is in love with Jordan Woods, and Jordan Woods is telling him he's the best shooting um, big man ever, which he really needs to stop with his dirt and biscuit. So let's let's get that out of the way. They gave they better make this work. 
because they mortgaged their future big time for they Rudy Gobert. Got, they still got picks. They still got enough picks. They gave up a ton. But, they, I mean, I like their bench. Look, you, the Kyle Anderson that you said you missed from Memphis, he's in yes. Minnesota. Yes. You got Tarian Prince, who is a guy who is going a good, solid role player on your bench who's not going to demand a lot of minutes but will do his role and can still knock down. He is the less injured version of Jay Crowder at this stage, right? Mm-hmm. And he's still 28 years old, plays that undersized swing 3-4. Mm-hmm. I like Eric Pascal as, as an effort guy. We've seen Eric Pascal put up numbers on occasion off the second unit. You're not going to count on him. Nas Reed has developed his game, and Nas Reed was a huge disappointment at LSU. I did not like – Nas Reed's motor. I did not like his game. I thought he settled when he was at LSU. He be, he's become much more physical since he somebody, got to the league. Somebody got to him. Somebody got to him. I like Jaden Mc... very well in the preseason. I like Jaden McDaniels. I like Jaden McDaniels well. upside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Bryn Forbes. I think Bryn Forbes is a smart backup guard. He is not yeah. again. You're not relying on Bryn Forbes. Mm-hmm. The problem with this team, though, the one thing is, like you said, at the head of this is D'Angelo Russell. Yes, the sir. head of your snake is D'Angelo. He's, he's looking for a max Russell. deal. There he is, is no – the only other point guard on the roster is Jordan McLaughlin. The only other point guard on the roster is Jordan McLaughlin, who I have never heard of and have never paid attention to. I probably have seen him play. He's a fellow light-skinned brother. Good luck to you. But if that's your <laughs> backup point guard, Yikes. And Brent Forbes, I'm sorry. I mean, look. I'm just saying he's well a solid said, player. He played well and said he was solid. But, look, they need more than solid for what they gave up for Rudy Gobert. Look, this is here's the problem with, with Rudy Gobert. And the Clippers showed it to me. I was, I was, I was, um, I was, I was covering, I was covering a uh, series, the Clippers and uh, Utah series, when the Clippers went absolutely nuts and exposed him for Slam Magazine. When he gets to the playoffs – like during the regular season, yes, they're going to make it in the playoffs. They'll get to 47, 48 wins. They'll be fine. No problem. They'll get into the playing tournament. Just that's what we said. Yeah. Okay. But when they get there, he will be exposed again. They're just going to bring his man. They're going to go small. Any team that matches up, they're going to go small. They're going to plant his man in the corner, left side. They're going to drive and kick to the left corner. And but that's where it becomes with, on Towns. That's where Towns comes in because he has to become a better – he has to be the guy who takes Gobert's man in the corner. That's what Towns has to go do. Does it, have you seen any other – No. No, but that's what – But that's, but that's what we're saying. Point. We're not – I don't think either one of us – Rudy Gobert – the only thing Rudy Gobert did in that deal that was good for the NBA – was he kept Kevin Durant in, in Brooklyn? No, I think he raised, I, I, the, he, I, I, raised I, he raised the trade market so high that Kevin Durant didn't. I, 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 look, I think if you're Minnesota, I, I, if you're Minnesota, you're not a championship team right now. You might you gotta, not be a playoff team, but you. Oh, I think they're definitely a playoff team this year. They are definitely a playoff team this year. You've already told us that that D'Angelo Russell. They need to get rid of, and I wholeheartedly agree with you. I do, but I think that they're—I think you're talent. They're talented enough to make the playoffs. Do I think that they win a series? No, I don't I think, think they D'Angelo win a- Russell. If he doesn't get the deal that he wants, and he realizes he's being traded, I think he starts to sulk. I think he does exactly what he did with the Lakers, um, what he did with Golden State. What he did with Real, the Nets. I want you to understand something. What he the Golden State Warriors gave him a hundred million dollars and then traded him 
less than six months later. Oh, I know. Because, I mean, the Warriors, what what choice did they have? Because it's because not about talent. This is not about talent. This is not about talent. But D'Angelo's problem they is not. They, they, they know that D'Angelo Russell is a ticket time bomb. Yeah. They don't give him the money that he needs. He's going to start to soak, and he's starting to poison that locker room. And he's also a dude that we've seen his scoring drop every year for the last four years since that high with um, Golden State when he was averaging 23 points a game for the Warriors. He's gone down since he got to Minnesota each year. So, yeah, they got to get up off that chronic and uh, get something else there. But in the meantime, I think that they're good enough to qualify for the playoffs. That means – I mean, I I guess what we're saying is that they can get – I'm saying they can get in that top ten. And in the West, yeah, they should be able with that level of talent. You've got a proven all-star. You've got a defensive player of the year. You've got a guy who should make the jump and a decent bench. That should be enough to get you in the top ten. I got a feeling that Sacramento Kings is going to take their spot. They could. They could. All right, let's let's move to then. uh, Let's move to the Pelicans, who are firm in as far as I'm concerned. Oh, absolutely. Um, My thought for the Pelicans is this, and this is what I've been telling folks all the last couple days when they've asked me, is that I think 45 wins is what's reasonable for the Pelicans. But I wouldn't be surprised if they won near 50 games. But I think the problem for the Pelicans will be Number one, I have no idea what they're going to be as a team defensively. Their best defenders are all on the bench or young, um, and I don't know if you know when you can, how when you when four of your starters are average defenders and you have one who Herb Jones who is an elite defender and could make 10, 11 All NBA defensive teams in a row. Um, I think this is the most could be the most explosive offensive team in the league. But I really wonder about their defense, and I think they still have a ways to go with their overall maturity. But I'll say this about the Pelicans. I think this is the year that Brandon Ingram now goes from star mm-hmm. to legitimate superstar and MVP candidate. Not finishing top five or something like that, but he's yeah. going to get some votes this year uh, for MVP, third place votes or something like that. Mm-hmm. But he's the face of this franchise. He's the guy that they put in the middle of the, the, the picture in the, in the training facility. He's the guy that seized the mantle of leadership last year, and you don't concede that after you've earned it in the NBA. Zion mm-hmm. Williamson hasn't earned that, and I don't think Zion wants to be that guy. I don't yeah. believe that Zion Williamson wants to be the number one guy. I think he wants to be the best teammate he can be. But there's Absolutely. going to be a period of adjustment, um, and it's going to, the Pelicans have to turn around. A, again, I tell people this all the time. This is the, t- the only team in the NBA that ain't won five games in a row in the last three years. The I'll only one. I will say this. This team is not going to go 0-11, 2-13, no. 3-16. It's not going to start that way. No, I think they come out the gate 7-3. They're going to come out the gate strong because they know what Willie Green wants. They know what he desires. They know what he expects. See, I'm gonna put my um, I'm putting all of my uh, money behind Willie Green. Willie Green is a great coach. He is an outstanding coach, and more importantly, his players love him. And I they think Willie Green is gonna finish top five coach of the year voting this year. Absolutely, and we know something. If they if they can push something to the point that they get fifty to fifty five games, he could be coach of the year. I really think that's gonna happen. Well, I, I'm just I, I'm just not sure they get to the fifty five because I think that the, the the they will be better their last twenty games than their first twenty. I'll say and those this. last 20 are going to be scary. If let they, me, if they progress the way I think they can, those last 20 games are going to be scary for the NBA. Here's what I think about the Pelicans. 
one, everybody wants to be there. That's important. C.J. McCullough is locked in. Zion Williamson is locked in. Brandon Ingram is showing why he was the centerpiece in the Anthony Davis trade. He's locked in, too. So everybody got their money. We ain't got to worry about no distractions. We ain't got to worry about the no The bench loans. guys got their money, too. The bench, we got their money, too. Uh, Grand Theft, uh, Alvarez, Jose. Uh, Alvarado. Mm-hmm. Alvarado. These guys already are quality players and character guys that like each other and are going to sacrifice for each other. Mm-hmm. That's why I believe they can go 55 games. And I'm not saying this, but you're from Louisiana, and I'm reading. No, this team looks like they can see. They see. They got a taste of the spotlight. Like they really just. They kind of slap Golden State upside the head a couple times. This is this is the reason I don't think that they win 55 games because I don't think the West. The, the, the number one team in the West runs away and gets like 65 wins. I think this is a year like 2019 when uh-huh. Golden State was the number one seed with 57 wins. And the eighth seed that year, the San Antonio Spurs, were only nine games back of the Warriors. I think that's the kind of Western Conference we're looking at this year, is that there's so many good teams in the West that it's going to be very hard for and uh, you know for teams to get those 60 60 plus wins. So I think you can win the West in that upper 50 range and there's going going to be everybody else is going to be separated by like a game. That's what that's what I think this season for the West. And that's why I think that you know the win totals are going to be suppressed, but you're going to have a lot of teams with 46 in that 46 to 57 range. That's what I think the the West looks like. But I think the New Orleans Pelicans can um um feed on the bottom feeder teams. There's some bad ones too. But they've struggled. See, but that's the thing. They like, gotta reverse a look, lot of historical trends. The Pelicans lost a lot of games. They have always done well against the best teams in the league, but they do horribly against the worst teams in the league. And they ain't I been over five hundred at I home. I think they can turn it around with Willie Green. I think Willie Green can say, listen here, you're not gonna look you are going to be box office material this year. Oh, they are. They are box the NBA office. are going to they're going to put their they're going to put their muscle behind Zion. They box. They office. know Brandon Ingram's a superstar. You're going to be on TNT. You're going to be on ESPN a lot. You got to invigorate Zion Williams. Man. I don't. But I don't know. Win. But that's fine. But Zion ain't played defense in two years. You like Zion will score. He's going to score rolling out of bed. He can score twenty five points rolling out of bed. Yes. But he's not a defender yet. And this team has to learn how to do that. And Zion has not played with anybody on this roster except Ingram. None of these guys have played with Zion. And it's yes, his game is easy to drop back in, but Willie Green still has to go back through the whole process now because these guys did not play together in the preseason either of figuring out which rotations work. And that's the thing. That's why I say they're going to drop some games while they figure this out. But those last 20, to me, seeding is more important than win totals. I think the Pelicans are a top six team in the West. They are a top six team in the West. If everything goes right and they're healthy. Feeding is the most important thing. For the Pelicans, to me, success is you stay as far away from the play-in as possible. And I think the Pelicans can avoid the play-in. And if they avoid the play-in, nobody in the league is going to want to play them in the first round. There's not a team that's going to want to play them in the first round. I think the Pelicans can win a first-round series, and I think they can push whomever they play in the conference semis to seven games, whoever they get. And if it's the right team matchup-wise, 
yeah, they could sneak their way into a conference final, but I do not see this as yet. I think there's still a couple of things that this team needs maturity wise and in the front court, they don't have a lot of, they don't have a rim protector, a legitimate rim protector. Um, and that's a small thing to nitpick, but for them, yeah. they gave up a shitload of points in the paint last year. Um, and that was a problem. And so I think that that's the only thing that keeps them, but this is, yeah, as, this is the most talented Pelicans team yeah. there has ever been. And they're the, the second unit could eventually be the starters. Dude, Herb Jones, which means you Trey are, Murphy. Which means you're pushing the starters. Look, Willie Green, when, when you have options, you have my attention. You really do have my attention. Because you know something, if you don't want to play defense, there's a hey, we got cats on the floor on the bench. Oh, Willie ain't gonna let you that. play if you don't play defense. And if you don't share the basketball and if you don't execute, you ain't gonna play. And these guys exactly. will hold each other accountable. Exactly. This is a group that will hold each other accountable. And there's not a lot of play. There's not a, a lot of NBA teams that have that type of culture. And you know he's not going anywhere. And on top of that, he is an up and coming coaching superstar in this league. And this so is the- yes, that's what I, I like. I said I'm putting my money behind Willie Green saying, "Hey, this is what we're going to do." We know now that it works because mm-hmm. after that, after that debacle in the beginning, what did he? He held himself accountable, and he held his coaches accountable. Along with the players. And he and was said, willing to figure this out. And the thing, too, that Willie was willing to do, because, you know, and again, I, I'm not, you know, I pat myself and give a little pat right here. As soon as they found out last year that Zion Williamson wasn't going to play, as soon as they found out, I said, start Herb Jones. I said, I was the first person, I said, start Herb Jones. I said, Herb Jones should be the starter. I was even advocating for a minute that Trey Murphy should start at the beginning of the season, too, with Herb, but that didn't mm-hmm. happen. But Herb Jones, because of that, because of him getting off of the Garrett Temple narcotic and forcing us to watch him play and, and, and destroy all the rims wherever in every city that he went to. But when he finally decided and understood that put the guy who plays defense and plays harder and smarter than anybody else on this team, yeah. I think because total basketball IQ, Herb Jones is the smartest guy on this team. Total basketball IQ, Herb Jones is the smartest guy on this team. He's also the hardest worker on this team, and he's the guy – I think Herb Jones has Scottie Pippen potential. I and firmly was, believe that. And you remember, you remember when the Pelicans played the Lakers, down twenty, and then they broke out, and then they broke out, they broke out that uh, that fishing reel, and it was what Trey Murphy just knocking down threes and just dunking on people, and just decided. And I said, I'm tweeting to you, going, "Who is this guy?" And what and I told you, with, I told you, I, I told you that boy you. ain't just no shooter either. I told you I wasn't t- just no shooter. He, he will catch you. He was swing. He was swing and dunk on you. He did it a couple times in his preseason, and people and he grew. That's the thing. Trey is now a legit six ten, yeah. a legit six ten, and he can play the three and the four. And I think that there will be. That's the, the Pelicans are so versatile. They have mm-hmm. this Swiss Army approach essentially, and they will go thirteen deep into their bench. But that's also while you're figuring things out. That's why I say it's going to be better at the end because you got to figure out who goes with whom. Um, yeah. uh, and uh, and that just takes it takes a minute. It just does. Yeah. And uh, but I I'm more worried about seeding than I am about win totals. I think yeah. the Pelicans and, 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 they, and if they want to be if they want to be contenders, you have to beat the teams you got you want it that uh that that you're supposed to be. And they stay there. Orlando, Orlando comes in in January. You got to beat them because look, Luka Doncic owns the New Orleans Pelicans. Luka, if Luka only played against the Pelicans, Luka would average a quadruple double. You know what I'm saying? Like the numbers he puts up against the Pelicans are just ridiculous. 
And so he sh- that that's an issue. And then also in your division, you still have Memphis, who you used to dominate. The Pelicans used to dominate Memphis. And mm-hmm. then last year, Memphis turned it on a, turned it back around. So now you no longer dominate Memphis. Houston is going to be better than they were. Yeah. They're not going to be trash. And they got guys who can run who also like you. Houston athletic. has a ton of athletic young guys, and they're yeah. going to run. San Antonio is going to confuse you at times because, again, they just, they, I think San Antonio will steal one win from you. Like, they mm-hmm. play San Antonio four times. I think San Antonio steals one out of that yeah. group. Um, but, yeah, you know, I think they they, they, they could sweep the Lakers. They could, But Denver is yeah. going to give them problems. Teams that are yeah. extremely disciplined early on when yeah. you're young, that's the thing. The Pelicans are still one of the youngest teams in the NBA, and they have mm-hmm. not seen a lot. And they have not really they, – they didn't know what they didn't know. They didn't – you know what I'm saying? It's, it's basically like Jay-Z. You know what I'm saying? We ain't supposed to be here, but as long as we're here, you know, it's like we go mm-hmm. – that's the Pelicans last year. Well, now people are looking for you. There are expectations. Yeah. People have a lot of expectations for this team, and I think that that's going to challenge some guys mentally. And for Zion Williamson, too, he's got to prove to himself that, he, A, I am the same guy. And B that I fit in with this group because they Absolutely. embrace him, but he's got to figure his, himself out within the group yeah. too, on the court. Yeah. And and that, that that's a big that's a big point that's a big point too because it's a situation where the NBA is going to market Zion Williams. In other words, he's going to be on the he's going to be on the graphics for TNT. He's going to be on the graphics for ESPN and tune in. But you're going to see Zion Williamson and the New Orleans Pelicans where. Is CJ McCullough, where is Brandon Ingram, where it's Trey nope. Murphy the third, Herb, Herb Jones. It's gonna be those guys that is the engine. Strawder stirs the drink that brings the that brings the substance to this team, along with Willie Green. Those are gonna be the main guys. And Zion Williamson is gonna to have to figure out how to be. And more importantly, don't get sucked into the stats game, mm-hmm. the social media game. Mm-hmm. How come he only averaging 13, 14 points a game and eight rebounds, and they're on a 12-game winning streak? And Ingram is going is playing out of his mind. See, Jim McCullough is playing out of his mind. And he just has to play within that offense. Can he be patient to see where his shots are and where his positioning in his offense but he's going to have to play some defense. In other words, he can't be a statue. No, no, he can't be a water fountain. He can't be. A, he cannot be a water fountain. And that's the thing is like I think it's just very hard for any NBA player coming off a major injury to put it all back together at the same time. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Just to come back and get it all together. We got to remember Zion's only played 85 games in three years. Yeah. 85 games in three years. That's barely a season's worth of games. And he didn't get to taste the postseason. No. He wasn't part of that. And these dudes all last year did all this work, the heavy lifting without him. And that and look, you saw the Sports Illustrated cover article, and I and I got to talk with Howard Beck, and we talked about it, that relationship with Zion, that it was frayed, that he was he felt outside of the group. The team felt like he was outside of the group, and he had to be brought back in. And I give credit to that coaching staff. Like I said, the Pelicans may have the most in-touch coaching staff with the tune, with being in tune with their roster of any yeah. team in the league. It's mm-hmm. built perfectly for this roster. And it, there's alignment from top to bottom. And as much as I've criticized David Griffin in the past, I have to give him credit for what's going on right now. 
But I think it's just for Zion, you know, it's just natural. There's going to be nights where his foot hurts, you know, just yeah. as part of that because it's in your mind. There's going to be nights where he's going to have to – they're going to rest him just out of precautionary reasons. Say, hey, look, you're not playing this back-to-back. And he's got to find that rhythm mentally and all those things that come from being a basketball player. And I think it just it, – his game – again, I believe he'll score 25 rolling out of bed. But if he's not getting rebounds, if he's not getting blocks, if he's not setting screens when he doesn't yeah. have the ball, if he's not in, engaged as a leader every day – um, yeah. And, I, I, you know, that's going to be the test because he hasn't had to do that yet. Yeah. And the main thing is what you said. We may – because we didn't know if Zion really was going to come back next year. We were the organization that, you know, didn't know. The organization did not know. We really, we did not know. Look, look, and let's just say the 0-11, 3-16, they kept right on going. This is a different conversation. But if then, you have a different the, coach, if it's not Willie Green there, if it's Stan Van Gundy and they were owing whatever, oh, he's done. He's, he's yeah. gone. I believe yeah, he's, he's gone. And I think we all fell in love with the Pelicans in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were sitting there talking and we were like, you know something? Willie Green can really, really coach. And the Pelicans were punching the Suns in the mouth. Yes. Like I said, up until Brandon Ingram getting hurt, now, yeah. look, you know, uh, he was the best player in that series. And they could not stop him. And really, the Pelicans exposed them. Like, yes. we, like, like we all just we just all just knew that Phoenix was going to the finals. We good. They, they don't want six or some odd games. They, they, I mean, they, they're on a record-setting pace. They're going to get in. But then they, had, they didn't play the Pelicans. And it's like... Jose Alvarado was in Chris Paul's ass. After Chris Paul had that, like, <laughs> crazy efficient game, he disappeared. Jose Alvarado owned him some Chris Grand Paul. Grand Theft, a.k.a. Grand Theft. When you're on TNT and you're chasing Kenny Smith to the board, you've arrived. Undrafted That's how rookie. much they love this, this team. So they're bigger than Zion Williamson. And Zion got to understand that because when he first came to New Orleans, it was, it's all Zion. It's, we depended on you. But they are not dependent on him. Now, like, you're not going to win a championship without him. No. You cannot win a championship without him. Mm. But they have proven that they can win games without him. And they have not shown that they can win a whole bunch of games with him. And that is it, whether it's fair or not. That's the you have to you know you know how it is with a team when you have a group of guys who've done it together. We say we I know these four guys and what they're going to do in the end of the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. None of those guys know what it's what it's like to play with Zion in a tense moment because the yes. preseason the Pelicans did not have their starting five on the floor for a mm-hmm. single minute in the preseason, yeah. and they may not have them on the floor in game one. Zion says he's going to play, but I, you know until I see. I don't believe nothing until I see people walk out to, to that center court for the opening tip. But uh-huh. not a single minute of those guys together in the preseason. But I do believe, yeah. Upside? Look, you talk – look, the window for this team now, this is the – you have in the NBA, essentially, essentially you get four-year windows now, I would yeah. say. The Pelicans have the ability uh-huh. with two generations of stars set up. You know, like I said, that second yeah. unit will be in its prime when the first unit gets to the end of its own. Man, look, if it goes right, 
yes, you are talking about a like Memphis Grizzlies 10 year run. You know what I'm saying? Like where you get a legit mm-hmm. or, you know, we're Portland, yes. Utah, you're talking about 10, 15 years straight of the playoffs. And you every once in a while, you get a chance to go to the conference finals or maybe get to an NBA finals. And if you get it, if you hit it right, then maybe you get you win a championship and the Pelicans sneak in and grab one championship. Yeah, that that is that is a legitimate possibility. And I don't think I ever would have said that at any other point in my life. I've never they, thought it. They have the flexibility. They got picks. They have the fellas. They, they got, are they are this era's Boston Celtics. They got with picks. the Garnet trade. They're getting just as much out of that AD trade. They got more. They won that deal. They 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 should be they they should get twenty five to life for what they did to the Lakers. And they tricked because them because everybody was talking about they, they want <laughs> they wanted Kuzma. They never wanted Kuzma. It was no. always about Ingram. They always mm-hmm. wanted Ingram, and that's the guy they got. And Ingram has turned into like you said, he has shown why they drafted him second overall with the Lakers. And um, Brandon Ingram, I firmly believe. Look, I think Brandon Ingram is an All NBA player this year. I believe that. I believe Brandon Ingram is will end up being, if not the second, the or the like. I think he's, you know, if he can defensively step up, yeah, we're gonna be talking about him in that group with KD and Paul yeah. George. That's where we're gonna start putting him. If he plays defense, that's the yes. only thing that separates him from that group at this point. He can shoot the ball as well as any small forward in this league. He gets uh-huh. to his shot as well as any small forward in this league. He can put, he can get to anywhere on the court in two dribbles. And you and can't that's, block him. And you, you can't, can't block him without fouling. And now he has a he can he can work the mid post and the high uh-huh. post. Brandon added that to his game, and he's stronger and he finishes at the rim. Yep. I firmly believe that Brandon Ingram, with the attitude that he came back with, and you saw him get physically he's stronger. I believe he's an all NBA forward this year. This year, all mm-hmm. NBA, not not just the All Star. I don't care about All Star. All Star is a limited team, and that's by fan vote, and that's all that stuff. Brandon Ingram probably won't even get voted to the All Star team because LeBron James is gonna get voted to the All Star game. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? At small voice by achievement awards. You know what I'm saying? So um, if if anybody on the Pelicans is getting voted in, it's, it's Zion will get voted in because he's gonna be the one that the kids vote for. Kids yeah. ain't voting for Brandon Ingram. They don't they don't appreciate what he does. The kids vote for the dunks. Mm-hmm. Zion can get voted in, but B.I., I think, will be – B.I. is the most valuable player on his team, but yeah. but Zion is the most important player because he's the one who pushes the ceiling up. But it's yeah. B.I.'s team. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Utah, we ain't going to spend no time on that trash. The, the Tank City, we ain't going to spend no time on that. Yeah. And they got the ugliest uniforms in the NBA. I don't know what the hell yeah, they're yeah. thinking with that. They look like prison uniforms. I don't know what look, they do. All, all we're going to say is this. Uh, Danny Ainge got a whole lot of first-round picks. Look for a trade somewhere because there ain't no free agent coming to Utah. Uh, let's and they're going to get more he, picks because they're going to trade. Now, Mike Conley, I would bet you, like, if 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 they could work a deal. This is, this is what I'm thinking mm-hmm. because Miami is so big on old point guards. Yeah. Miami could make the deal for Mike Conley. Man, you must be crazy. No, no, man. Hold on. <laughs> like, just because you got, Utah want to get rid of it. letters don't mean I will give you my toast. Michael Conley is done. I'm saying Miami. Miami does overpay their players. Yeah. Duncan Robinson, they overpaid him. Yeah. I don't know what they were thinking. Look, 
Tyler Hero was an over was was a little bit of an overreach. Okay, because they didn't have we the understand, choice. We understand they don't have young players, and they gave Hassan White a ton young of players, money too. Right? They only got two. It's it, right. There are two young players that you're counting on. Is Bam at 25, and Tyler yeah. Hero is what 23. Right? Tyler's yeah. 23, 24. Yeah. So you those those are your only young players. Everybody else on the roster that you count on is old. I, 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 but you do not want to compound the problem. I Michael don't, Collins. I'm not saying and look, and you better, and look, see, you better tell if I if I'm Pat Riley, far be it that I actually give advice to that man. If I get a Mike Conley, if you want to deal with me with Mike Conley, you better have me three first round picks unprotected. Oh, Danny ain't giving up easily. That. Now that's the well, thing. That's why Mike Danny Conley ain't going nowhere. Danny and Pat making a deal is probably out of the question. Exactly, but regardless of the fact, Michael so, Conley cannot get his shot off. Does Conley? Does but they're gonna get rid of Conley somehow because he has no value for them. Buy him out, and you have Colin Sexton. If you do buy him out, you know I, I, the question is: He's gone. Does he end up in damn L.A. with the Lakers? Yeah, just because. Just because. If it, you know something. If it ain't Mike Conley, it'll be Kimball Walker. Or maybe he goes, maybe Mike Conley, if he gets bought out, maybe he goes back to Memphis to, to, to back up Ja. Maybe he goes back to Memphis. And, and that'd be a good idea. And I think that'd be a good idea. Because he, he, he could mentor Ja. Maybe that's where he goes, but Mike Conley yeah. ain't staying. But that's, the money that get, Mike, that's Colin Sexton's team now. Yeah. It ain't Mike Conley. The money, the money that Conley makes, I don't know about anybody's going to take that on take that on their books. So you'd have to buy him out. You yes. got to buy him out. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Sacramento. Yeah, uh, Sacramento. Sneaky, intriguing. People forget the last two years. As optimistic as people are about the New Orleans Pelicans, the last two years, the Sacramento Kings have been right behind them. Yeah. They finished one game behind them two years ago, and two games behind them last season. And Sacramento, I think Keegan Murray is a hell of a damn basketball player. Oh, um, hey, rookie of the year. And and I think that they have figured out that. Fox, that De'Aaron Fox is not the franchise player. Oh, and that, God. I, I, who, why, I don't know why they gave him the max deal. Yeah, like, but they, it, I think they finally figured that out that he's not the franchise player, but they got so many exciting dudes in their front court. Adding Malik Monk is huge because yes. he's going to defend. And he's, and I think having, adding Kevin Herter, who can space the floor and be consistent in doing that. And the Kings were not that bad down the stretch. Sabonis is really good. Yeah. And if Sabonis is healthy, man, that Kings front court is going to give people a lot of problems. And if they get in transition, that's another team that in transition is going to finish. And they are they defend and they defend Davion Mitchell. They call him off night. And you got a reason. Of, you got rid of your bad coach. And yeah. You start and look, Mike Brown. Look, look, look. Mike Brown looks like the guy that you just don't want to pay attention to. But he coached that South African team that beat the Americans. I just think that, Let that Mike Brown with Kevin, the problem, with Kevin Durant. Let the that problem with Mike Brown was that you put him in a no-win situation with the Lakers. He should have never been put in that and position Cleveland. with the Lakers. And when you brought him back to Cleveland, you put him there with no power. You brought him back there, and it was seen like, you, well, you had already fired him, and then you bring him back. You can't fire that man and bring him back and expect that people going to listen to what he was saying. And you, you had him talking to Kyrie Irving, and Kyrie Kyrie don't listen to nobody anyway, and he didn't mm. certainly didn't respect Mike Brown. So, uh, But what you want for a guy like Mike Brown, what he has shown is with younger teams, you need to teach them 
where the bars are. You let them fuck up in the middle, yeah. but you put those bars on the outside. And Mike Brown is going to give them an offensive structure. He ain't stupid. Mm-hmm. He's going to give them an offensive structure, and they're going to play defense because, like you said, he's from that San Antonio tree. Exactly. So they're going to play defense, and they're going to share the basketball. And I think he's going to be much better for a guy like De'Aaron Fox because he ain't going to let De'Aaron Fox be out there acting a fool with the basketball in his hands over dribbling. You're going to have to yes. get rid of that basketball and move it to some of these other folks, and you can run the offense through Sabonis. You can do that. And you have these other guys, like you said, like Keegan Murray and Harrison Barnes continues to give you steady stuff, steady production. Rashawn Holmes, I like Rashawn Holmes as, as yeah. a very active big. Trey Lyles has gotten better. Um, again, as a second unit guy, Trey Lyles. And I think sneakily, I still want to see what happens with KZ Akpala. I think that dude has the, can develop as an on-ball defender. Not a star. I don't think he'll ever be a star in the uh, league now. I had potential hopes for him when he first got to the league, but I think he can find a role as a good perimeter, as an you know, like a lockdown perimeter defender with Sacramento and just do uh, that because he's still extremely athletic and long. Um, yeah, I think the Kings – That's what you – and it's what you're going to need. Listen, Malik Monk, I love him to death. I, I loved him in Charlotte. He had his problems – but I think Malik Monk is going to be a key for the Sacramento Kings. Look, look he ain't going to be able to guard nobody. So let's be clear. It's not going to happen. I'm very, very sorry. If you're looking for it, you need to go and change the channel to something else. But that guy can score. The Lakers mishandled him. They waited way too long to use him. They just, Frank Vogel was like, well, we need to defend it. We need, after, sometimes you got to put a ball in the basket, too. And sometimes the Sacramento King struggle to score. He's going to be a bucket. And more importantly, he know he almost messed up his career. He knew that the Lakers were the only team in the NBA that wanted him. And he got a minimum deal. He knows he has a second lease on life, and he can build on his talent. And he knows that he's wanted. They gave him the security. Now he got to work on his defense, but that guy can score. And he makes DeAndre, uh, uh, De'Aaron Fox, uh, rather, expendable. And on top of that, look, he got a decent enough contract to the point that some of these players can be moved. Mm-hmm. They're going to, they're not going to get no free agents. No, they're going to have to trade for some players and bring them in. And they're not in a bad. That's the thing. They're not in a bad situation financially because Sabonis is only oh. getting paid nineteen million. Harrison mm-hmm. Barnes is going to come off the books really relatively soon. He's almost at the end of his deal. Kevin yeah. Herter is your fourth highest played player at $14.5 million. Rashawn Holmes is getting $11 million. Malik Monk is getting less than 10. Keegan Murray's on his rookie deal. Alex Lynn, your backup who played pretty well last year, start after being a bust for most of his career, has started to play a little bit better the last two years in Sacramento. Alex Lynn's getting $4 million. So yeah. you got all these dudes who are relatively cheap, like you said, and they can get better. And they've got dudes stored overseas, too. They got like yeah. four or five dudes playing overseas that they're waiting on to develop. So, yeah, the Kings are not in as bad a situation. It doesn't look as bad as it did. And they could be a team that steals a 10th spot. Yeah, okay. Okay. The headlines will be the Sacramento Kings had are the longest tenure team not to make the playoffs, which is 16 years. Right. They haven't made the playoffs since the iPhone was invented. Yeah. So they haven't done it. But they have a plan. And that's all you need is a plan. And then after you have the plan, you execute said plan. 
and they have the flexibility to make moves. Some NBA teams are just hamstrung and they're stuck and they just got to go with what they have. The Sacramento Kings brought in the right coach, the right system, right scheme. Now we got to work on the culture because everybody got to buy in because it's been bad for. And you got to keep Vivek Renadive away from the team. Good luck with that. Somebody got to tell Vivek to stay in his office or at his house. You got to keep that man away from the draft room. Keep that man away from the general manager's office. Vivek Renadiv is one of the dumbest owners in the entire history of sports. Good luck because he passed over Luka Doncic. And he said that Buddy Hield was going to be well, – no, no. What was it? Uh, Jim, who was the dude that he said coming out the draft a few years ago was like going to be the next Seth Curry, Steph Curry? And it was oh, Lord. Oh. <laughs> I can't remember who it was, but it was somebody terrible. And I'm like, remember when he wanted to play four on five? Remember that? He was like, just keep one yeah. person back on oh, offense all the time. Oh, he just play four yeah. on defense. It's like, first of all, you can't do that. Like, yeah, that, I think that's against the rules. Yeah, you can't. You it, go, it, I mean, common sense is not going to work. But yeah, the NBA. You're going to give one person in the NBA just none but open looks? Okay, let's see right. how that goes. Um, but, he gave Vlad, but he gave Vladi Divac a job and, uh, as general manager, and that's why good luck with getting him out of the ownership spot. Uh, and he's brown. You know, and I hate to say it like that, but the NBA ain't going to get rid of no brown owners right about now. You, you, gotta, you ain't got a two. In the whole league, you got Michael Jordan, you got Vivek. They they trying to move on from no brown owners, uh, oh. even though Vivek is an idiot. Uh, but San Antonio Spurs, we talked a little bit about them. They tanking, but they won't. They won't look like they're tanking, but they tanking. They go, this is a team that's going to rely on Keldon Johnson, Jeremy Sohan's too young, uh, Josh Primo's too young. Uh, but they they going to rely on Keldon Johnson. See if and f- try to find out if he's actually worth the price of admission. They've been talking him up. And he's had some moments. I remember there were people, you know, you see it on Twitter. There were people talking about Keldon Johnson was better than Zion Williamson. There were people who were doing this literally without any sense of irony. That's why they troll. That's why That's why I tell people don't go into Twitter looking for some basketball analysis. It's going to get you so, a lot of trouble. Whew. Uh, but they look, they, 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 they're in the tank. And I think the, the, the one thing that I'm looking for out of San Antonio, obviously, though, is the players they get rid of. And the guy that I'm most focused on is Jakob Pertl. Jakob Pertl can change a team's fortunes uh, as a big, a dude that averaged 13 points, 10 boards, two blocks in 30 minutes a game, shot almost 60% from the field, had better comparable numbers, uh, if not better per minute than Jonas Valanciunas with the Pelicans, but a better shot blocker. And my man, Timmy D, our dude, Timmy D told me, Timmy D was the one assigned to develop this young man at 26 mm-hmm. years old now. And Tim told me, Tim told me then the dude is a problem and he is a problem for people defensively. And I think that he's the guy you trade again. He's not a guy who's a game changer as far as a starter, but the, but they don't need him. He's in the last year of his deal in San Antonio. They're bottoming out. He's the guy that you can trade out and get more assets. If you're the Spurs, as you rebuild your team. Well, they're going to trade him anyway, because you, you have to get something out of him. Right. Bottom, I mean, bottom line. And he's probably besides Keldon Johnson, he's the only guy that you pretty much on the tight team that you actually know. That's what I'm saying. My so- thing is my thing is this. I think the San Antonio Spurs are going to have to move on from Greg Popovich. I think this is Pop's last year. The shadow is starting to get too big because his system, as great as it was, 
does not work in the NBA in the NBA today. They made the playoffs. Last, I mean, they made the play in last year with nobodies. Like I'm saying, it, they made the play in with nobodies. Do they have? And even the year before that, they made the playoffs. Who was the best player on that team last year? Nope, Keldon Johnson. Dejounte Murray, right? But Dejounte Murray, yeah, he's gone. He's in Atlanta. That's my point exactly. When is this going to end? When is he going to retire? He's got the all time. Oh, I think wins. he's going to retire. I think he is when? about to retire. But when? I think he, I'd rather see. I, I'm not going to lie to you. I would rather Becky Hammond leave Las Vegas and come and coach the San Antonio Spurs. I'm not. That's really, what I want. I really want to see that. But I mean, I'm tired I, of looking at Greg Popovich. I mean, what else is there for you? Nothing. And I understand. And I understand that you want to be a part part of the game. I understand that you still want to teach. That's fine. Go to the front office. I just think Take he it wanted to. Front to office I, I, and I start think, making some transitions. I think the that I think they are about to make going anywhere. No, I think they are about to make the transition. But I think what they want. When? This is. The, I think this is it. This is the bottoming out. But they want the right person to guide the bottoming. There's a standard that they play to. And like you talked about with culture. Remember when the Miami Heat got real bad after LeBron left and Dwayne Wade was bottoming out and they didn't know what they were going to be as a team before they started to move on. They had to rebuild. And remember, we're talking about a team that up until the last, until last year when the Heat did make the finals that a couple years ago, they hadn't won 50 games in a year that LeBron James didn't play under uh, um, Eric Spolstra. That's true, but you got to understand, Chris Bosh got help, had help. And I'm they, saying, did not, they didn't look for that. They didn't right, but what I'm saying to you is this. What I'm saying to you is this. This is the the Spurs saw the, the decline coming. That's why they got rid of LaMarcus Aldridge. That's why, that's why they got rid of DeMar DeRozan. But what they wanted, I think the reason why Popovich has stayed on is because they wanted to make sure that they were continuing the cultural, like they weren't turning into a bad basketball team. They were they are less talented, but they were still competing. And the Spurs last year were still competing with people. They were still playing intelligent basketball. They were not talented enough to win, you know, a whole bunch of games. But I think that that as Popovich, this is the handoff because it's just like when, when remember when Popovich took over, it was in a transition as David Robinson had had his mm-hmm. bad injury year. They get Tim yeah. Duncan. That's when Pop comes in. Well, I yeah. think Pop is making that same transition. They want to find out who that – this is the first time they're really going to be in position to get a top five pick since Tim. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We're talking the first time since Tim they're going to be in position to get a top five. I think they wanted to steer the culture the right way into that so Pop leaves on that note. He doesn't care about the wins and the losses. He oh, cares shit. about the organization and having them to have some type of – like, uh, you know, losing Becky, losing M.A. Udoka, and we ain't, we ain't got to touch the other stuff, but M.A. Udoka was a big loss from that staff. They've lost yeah. a lot of quality people from that bench, and I think that's been part of it, too, is you got to go back now, and who do you re-identify? Because all the guys that you had on your bench, whether it was Monty Williams, whether it was, you know, uh, M.A. Udoka, whether it was Becky Hammond, whether it was this, that, and the other, uh, Budenholzer, whomever, they've all left. So Popovich yeah. has to be there to figure out because it's going to be his choice. He's going to be the one that picks the next the next coach. So I think he it's it's he's this is the year that they decide because I don't see him plan, coaching next year. I don't I don't see him coaching next year. I hope so because I mean I think the time of step down was last was definitely last was uh, definitely last. She and Dejounte did not get along. The, I know that's another and that's another thing is are the young players that are coming in today are they willing to listen to Greg Popovich yell at them and ride them in for for eight months out of a season. I don't think he's that. I don't think Pop is as bad as as, as, as all that though. I think Pop is. I like. I I, I, I believe. I believe in what Tony Parker said. 
Yeah. But I, I mean, mean I, I believe I believe what Ginobili said. You think it's any different in Miami? You know what I'm saying? Miami's the style? A different, Miami's, a different, Miami's a little bit of a different beast. Man, at least they got South Beach. But it's always about the players. It always comes down to the players. And right now, San Antonio doesn't have the players. But, I, I again, I still think, they're you know, you just don't want to play them. They're going to be one of the teams that may, they'll win like 19 games. But every night, you're going to be like, damn, they made us work for 48 minutes, though. Like okay, this, they, they, I mean, do you want to be the president of the nineties? Uh, they're not gonna play down in the eighties. They didn't play in the eighties last year. They, I mean, they will shoot the basketball. They will like they will shoot. I watched them. You know, like they're not at, like this. They're in the division with the Pelicans. I'm just telling you, they're going to compete. And it's not. I don't find their basketball ugly. I really don't. I don't find their basketball. Uh, I do. I really do. I just I don't mean, think they I, have I, good I, players. I know. I know when the lights. Should, when, I know when you should be singing the "Turn out the lights, the party's over." The team is not good, and it ain't gonna be good. But I think they and they're not. But you know something? They're not going to go anywhere as long as that man is running that team. But they got to. They, they, when is the trend? I mean, we already know you're taking. So who are you fooling at this point? You're but not, they're not you're, going to. Got, but there's the a only, difference. The only player you had worth watching is gone. I'm just saying, but I mean, there's, but you also know Sacramento would have been basically, and Oklahoma City has been tanking now for what, four years? Oklahoma City's been tanking for four years, and they had the unintentional backfire when they got Chris Paul. They accidentally let up, and they were pissed off because Chris led up to the playoffs, and they were like, you got to get the hell out of here. And look, with Oklahoma, we know what Oklahoma City Thunder is all about. But they also developing, but they're also, and they're also developing a lot of bad habits for those young players. There's yes, a lot of that, that, the losing is a bad it habit. Losing is yes. a bad habit, and it, and it's easy to get infected with losing. And I think I, that's the reason that I think that Pop is still around to make losing the thought of losing unacceptable. And I think that that organizationally, I, that's the that's the principle. I can, I can respect that because like, like look, because I'm gonna tell you, Oklahoma City Thunder. I don't know what they're doing either. I have no clue where they they have they have no because they're not either. treating SGA right. Like, let's talk no. about Oklahoma City. Let's, you got SGA who could be, you know, a top 10 shooting guard in this league if you get him in the right position. This is the top mm-hmm. 10 shooting guard in this league. As talented and as anybody. Strong, and it's stronger. stronger. And it's what, six, seven, long, athletic, can shoot it, can handle it, all the things you want. Defense. Finish with both hands. Right? And you cannot stay, and you can't stay in front of him. And you got you Josh Giddy. him one-on-one. Josh Giddy who can pass as well as any forward in this league. You know, Josh mm-hmm. Giddy is, is a, is a, is a lot like a, a white Ben Simmons, if you want to say it. If you like, except he's not scared to shoot the basketball. Like he's not a mm-hmm. great shooter, but Josh yeah. Giddy is not scared of shooting the basketball, and no. he's not as good a defender as Ben Simmons is at this stage. But Josh Giddy can run your offense, and and yeah. I've seen that dude drop a triple double real quick on quick somebody's. Um, Lou Dort, you know we we know Lou Dort is just going. He's a pain in the ass defensively. He's gotten yeah. better as a three point shooter. And Lou well, Dort, you know something, the bottom look look with Lou Dort, man, look. When you've been going 0 for 6 from 3 and then you go for 1 for 1 for 6, yeah. I mean, the, the Oklahoma City Thunder and Sam Presti is it's kind of like the analytics age that we're in and it's starting to mess with the game in general. We've seen that in football. We're seeing that during the, the Major League Baseball playoffs postseason. But it's always been there in basketball. It kind of started with basketball. Everybody wants the next big thing, the next big explosion. 
the the the, the, the next big invention. And Presty is just saying, you know something, I am promising you something next He's week. Always- I'm promising you something next week. Because I got all this, and there's going to be the, the next big free agent. I got you. Well, the next- now he has 775 first-round picks over the next 10 years. And you have and what's next? who's going to miss this year. Your number, you know, Chef is, Shed is gone the whole year. So clearly you're tanking again. You're in that yeah. position. But it, uh, but it, the problem is, again, you can't keep tanking forever. It doesn't work. Philly no. did it. And and where has Philly? Philly hasn't even made a conference final. No. Philly has not even made a conference final. And only one of those players panned out. Out of all the guys they got out of the tanking, the only one that's panned out has been Joel Embiid. And it took well. Right? Because for two years, Joel Embiid didn't play. And exactly. since then, all you've gotten is six. All you get is sixty-six games a year. I mean, he hasn't played seventy games in a single NBA season. Oh. So tanking has not worked for anybody. Show me the team where the Clippers tanked for essentially twenty years, yeah. and it doesn't work. Eventually, you got to try to win games, and that's my problem with Sam Presti: is it's not asset gathering. This is not NBA two K. This is not yes. having enough because there aren't that many players in the league who change your fortunes. And at some point, you got to decide who to build around. And if you're going to build around SGA, the dude can't keep losing every year and think that he's going to ever win with you. It's like I said, more importantly, stay. Why would I stay? Your money ain't worth what it's printed on if I can go somewhere else because everybody's offering essentially the same deal, but I might win somewhere else. for And for have t- fun. And I, there's nothing for me to do here in Oklahoma City and I'm losing? Yeah. Come on, man. So that's my problem with Oklahoma City is it's fine to have all these picks. Cool, you did it. But you're supposed to use those picks to get better. And they're not getting better. They're getting worse. Yeah. And they're going to be really bad again this year. And really, I didn't like the Chad Holmgren uh, draft. I'm sorry. He's too I small. Like Chad. I like Chad. Too small. Is he, he's no smaller than Victor Wimbayana. I've been skinny all my life. He and Victor Wimbayana say the same thing. And the and the and the and the, and the middle aged fat gene just recently kicked in, and I love it. But when I'm on a basketball court, can he score? Absolutely. Will he get a couple of baskets and get a couple of dunks here and do those little fancy move here and there? But on the defensive end, they are going to back that dude up under the rim and dunk on him. You got to have some layers of muscle tissue to play in the National Basketball Association. Well, and I'm not victory. shocked. Yeah. I'm not shocked that he got hurt uh, defending LeBron James. LeBron James, what did he do? And he we also we always know is guys over seven two. It is really hard for them to stay mm-hmm. healthy. The history what of this league has shown you if you're over seven two, who who has had a long outside of Dikembe Mutombo, who was not jumping a lot, who played tw- 21 years Dikembe got in the league. But or uh, I think what the only other one I think over seven two put in that kind of time was what uh, Artis Gilmore, Parish, Robert Parish. But Robert Parish was seven two. Robert Parish was probably like a, a flat seven. You know what I mean? Like, he, but I'm talking I'm talking about the extremely tall guys, the abnormally tall guys, the Sean Bradleys, the the you know the Ralph Sampsons, the all those guys. If you're seven three seven four, it's hard. Kristaps Porzingis. Whomever those guys are, none of them have proven to be able to stay healthy. Yao Ming, it doesn't matter how the, anybody over seven two, and we all different body types. Yao Ming had a huge base, 
and he couldn't yeah. stay healthy. Guys who were super skinny in that talk can't stay healthy. That's why I told somebody today, I love Victor Wambayana's game, but I think that he's going to break in half in five years. You know, something's something going to happen. And it's just the nature of the NBA. If you are When you are that long, you ain't built to, like you're a racehorse. But, and those dudes are the racehorses that break on the track and they have to go shoot you and, you know, put you down. Mm-hmm. Because you, you you can't do it. That's we have. It's fine to see, but Kevin Durant is the closest thing we've gotten, and even Kevin Durant has not yeah, stayed healthy. So I, I just it's, yeah, it's super hard for anybody over seven two. I agree, but what but Chet is he, I mean it's 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 to the extreme with him, man. You know what I'm saying? And you because you have to be strong to play in the NBA. That's why yeah, I, it's I, a man's never say, I never I never say anybody in the NBA is garbage. I'll never say they're washed. But it's the best. Like like, yeah, yeah, it's still the best point one percent of basketball players in the world. Yes, and they all can play, and they all are lightning fast. Okay, but Chet, he's so small, and these guys are so big. Joel Embiid is huge, and where are you going to put him? Well, it don't matter for this year because Chet ain't going to. For this year, but they, I mean, it's the same problem that happened this year yeah. is going to be next year and next year and next year until he puts on at least seventy five pounds. Well, let's move on to our last team so we'll get out of here. The Houston Rockets. Um, I think the Rockets are going to be really entertaining, but yes. they're going to be really bad because they ain't going to play a damn lick of defense. They don't yeah. have nobody on their team that wants to play defense because Jalen Green is going to probably score 30 points. Kevin Porter mm-hmm. is going to put up shots. Jabari <laughs> Smith is going to put up shots. Kenyon Martin Jr. going to try to dunk everything that he finds. They're going to run, and these boys go like crazy. But I think that they are better than they were last year, but they still wilding. Like, this is still a bunch of kids who got a whole bunch of caffeine and got let loose in a candy store, and these dudes are trying to figure out who the hell they are as NBA players. And as far as they're concerned, that means how many shots did I get up tonight? The Denver Nuggets. You remember when the Denver Nuggets had uh, Mahmoud Abdul-Roof, but it was Chris Jackson back in the day. Yeah. And uh, uh, Michael Adams. Yeah, when they were playing and with uh, Paul Westhead. Paul Westhead. And, yeah. and you know what we're going to do? We're going to run. And we're, we're going to score 150 tonight. We're going to score 150 every night. Problem is, they gave up 175. This is the Houston Rockets. Now, I'm, I'm saying they are musty TV. They are fun to watch. But, and I'm going to give. Silas, Coach Silas, all the credit in the world. When they hired him, I didn't know what they were doing. I wanted Jim Van Gundy there. I said, this team is basically trying to tank. They want to they want to turn a profit and just sell a few jerseys. And I thought they were going to sell the team. I thought Tillman Fertitta was going to sell, sell the team. I too. really did too because he was bleeding money. The, 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 um, the, the, the shutdown was not good to him. But they have a plan. And they're saying, hey, man, we need you to really – we are bottoming that out. We're going to get rid of James Harden. They got rid of him. We'll take uh, James John Wall. We'll sit him down. We are going to put go all in on these players, these young players that you just named. And they're fun. And like I said, with John Lucas, um, basically – because Kevin Porter Jr. is talented. He will drop 50 on Jay you. Sean Tate is talented. Yes, I, I like talented players. Singoon is weird. Singoon is weird, but yet some nights he, he has really great games. 
But and yeah. let me tell you something. They will win three out of four games against the Lakers. That's a guarantee. That I guarantee. And they're going to trade Eric Gordon at some point and try Sometime. to get something back. Yes. They're going to get something back for Eric Gordon at some point. But you and you liked their draft, didn't you? you they pick up yes. Javari Smith Jr. They get Ty yes. Ty Washington, who looks better than people expected. Ty Ty Washington, very talented. And again, another guy who's going to run as fast as he freaking wants all the yes. time. Darius Days, who also played at LSU, and I got to see Darius Days, a guy who's on a two-way deal with them. Darius Days, very good athlete and plays a lot of defense. Tari Eason, dude scored nothing but points at LSU. Tari Eason is easy, is you know is going to put points on the board, but can also play some good post defense. So they're an interesting team. It's just again they ain't gonna win shit. They ain't gonna win shit, but they're gonna be. They're going to put up 115 every 120 on you. Yeah, they're just going to give up 130 and 140. Yep. But look, if you want to see hey, if you want to see offense personified, the Houston Rockets are for you. And you're going to see if a lot Houston of Rocket fans looking for some defense. Uh, might I, you know something, watch some Seinfeld refund re- reruns. If you want to see some if You'll see defense, you better watch Law and Order. Yeah. <laughs> You you ain't gonna get you ain't gonna get it watching these boys. You can pick, hey, hey, you can pick a genre too. The only oh, dude special victims you is two dudes on the team that go play defense, or maybe three, maybe three, maybe yeah. three. Sean Tate will play a little D, but he's six yeah. four. Like that's so, the thing is no. they, they're so small too. And, and people forget Kenyon Martin Jr. is only six five. Yeah, and he sometimes he has to play the four. So they're so, so no. small. They ain't going to rebound for shit. You know, that's no. the thing is that they're just – but they're going to run, bro. These dudes going to yeah. – and they're going to jack up every shot that they can get. If it's open, it's going. If it ain't open, it's going. If they got a chance to dunk on somebody, they're going to try to they dunk on somebody. These dudes – and I think you're going to see Steven Silas. This is – the one thing I, I appreciate about this dude is last year when they were losing like 17 games in a row, they was talking about they was going to fire that man. He still had the same look on the sidelines. He was just like, man, good lord. He just be like, man, I've tried with these look, kids. He was on that. He was on that Bobcat squad that went seven and nine hundred thirty six thousand. With his daddy, he was the so top. He, he, he had, he had, he had training. He done seen some rough nights, bro. Yeah, he done and, seen and some. Hey, rough- look, look. He watched bad teams that weren't fun to watch. At least this team is fun to watch. It's just this. This is a very Houston team. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like this team, this this team, I I, I want to keep them out of uh of certain parts of Houston because I think they would enjoy themselves too much. Like <laughs> if James Harden was a strip club MVP, they got some dudes that could challenge for the title on this squad. And like, they all got contracts now too. They got some dudes that can challenge for the title. Like this, this is the team that on road trips, they need a grown up. That's the there is no. Boban is the grown-up on this team, bro. They don't have – Boban and Eric Gordon are the only two dudes on this roster older than 25. Boban – Boban is loved by everybody. But Boban ain't going to be out there – Boban is going to play five minutes a game. So Boban can't – and he's from another country. And these dudes is from all over the United States, these young cats – they ain't listening to Boban. They gonna like him. They gonna be like, hey, what's they up? Everybody dude? loves Boban. They gonna be like, hey, but big dude. But what's he gonna say? What's he gonna say when they be like, Boban, we going to the club? What are you gonna tell? Him? What are you gonna tell? Him? Have a nice time. Club. 
I'm going to the club. I'm going to the club. They going to the club tonight. That's the team. They're going to drag, drag him along. They the road trip. They're going to be the road trip kings. This that's the team that on road trips is going to be spending. If you a waitress, if you work in a in a in a club or something, you circle all the nights that the Rockets are coming to town because them dudes is coming to ball. And they're going to lose by 40 in Miami. And they're going to have a blast. But they're going to have a blast doing it. The Rockets going to have the most fun on their way to 17, 25 wins that anybody ever had. Ain't nobody going to have more fun getting 25 wins than this year's Houston Rockets. Yes. <laughs> All right. Let, we have reached the point. Uh, we got a, a couple things to pick. Number one, your Western Conference champion. Western Conference champion is the Los Angeles Clippers. I thought you was about to, but you was about to scare the shit. I mean, uh, I'm I'm gonna say Golden State does it again. I think Golden State. I, I'm gonna say Golden State comes back and gets it again. Um, I don't. I'm not firm in that. Mm. Um, the reason I'm saying that today, and and I'm saying that today is because they will have Clay for the entire season. Um, that is a big thing. And I think that the, those guys, Wiseman um, and and um, Jonathan Kaminga and those guys um, getting into the rotation is very important to allow some of those vets to get more rest. Uh, mm-hmm. I think you also see the minimalization of Draymond's role because I think they figured out they don't need him the same way. They need his brain. His brain is still important, but his body is done. Draymond can't run. Draymond can't shoot. Draymond, Draymond's only asset is his mind at this point. He's not yeah. even the reaction. His rea- and Remember, he had the supernatural reaction time defensively. That's yeah. gone. He can't get yeah. his hands in the lane like he used to. He's no longer – he's only – he's relying completely on his instincts and his, his intelligence at this stage. So I think eventually yeah, not- he's gone. I think – and, yeah. and I think, the, I think the, the, they are a team that can win – by trading away Draymond Green at this stage, and I think, and I think reason. Draymond Green goes too. If they trade Ray, Draymond, you think where he goes? Detroit. Detroit. No, I don't see that happening. You do not want to destroy that young core, new sir. You know why I'm saying no. they send him to Detroit? Because Detroit, the one, the, the thing that Detroit is going to have, they're going to send Draymond back home to Michigan, the state of Michigan, and that's his farewell tour to be mm-hmm. the old head. And mm-hmm. died these young. Uh, that's 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 what I'm thinking. No, nope. I could be wrong. But the, re- I'm the reason, and I'm gonna say this too. Up until Draymond Green doing the Kevin Durant thing again, because it's like he's not growing up in any way, form, or fashion. That thing right. with Jordan Poole is a problem. That's going to be a problem. Dr- well, I, I think. The, I mean, they've decided they're not going to extend him. There's no reason to extend him at all. And what don't the Pistons have? The Pistons don't have. The Pistons are relying on Marvin Bagley and Darlene Noel in the front court. Uh huh. And you however, have Isaiah Stewart. So, however, remember what Charles Barkley said. Used to say it was a famous the trip board and the triple single thing. Yeah, Draymond Green quit when Clay was out without without with his uh, with his Achilles. He got well, fat. Sorry, he went and got fat and didn't play hard and all that. Yeah, and did not play hard. And more importantly, he wasn't particularly sold on last year's team. It's just Rob Myers in the front office said, you need to take your behind down there and work on your free throw and work on your jump shot or something. It's getting to the point that his podcast and his mouth is getting bigger than his play. And what he did to Jordan Poole was not cool. And notice Jordan Poole did not say anything. 
But I mean, if you that do a- showed me a that showed me a ton. He did not say anything. He sat back and said, "Okay, cool." So something behind the scenes is about to happen. They gave him his four years and one hundred forty million dollars incentive later. They're not going to do anything with Draymond Green. And like I said, they've already extended him and Wiggins. They've, they yeah. have Steph under contract. They have Clay under contract. They've got all these other guys under their strong, under first round rookie deals, which are paying them around eight million dollars, six million dollars each. Mm-hmm. So you've got to get out from under that Draymond deal. And even though, like we, we talked about earlier, they got this four hundred and forty-eight million dollars salary and tax bill estimated coming up this year, mm-hmm. getting off of Draymond, it allows them to allow some of these power fours that they do have on the roster to start playing. And yes. I think that, but for Draymond, I, I think that, yeah, I mean. You look at Detroit, and the only—I don't know where else you're going to send him. You can't send Draymond anywhere where you're going to have to play in minutes. I think you can send him to Detroit. He ain't got to play no minutes. He'll you know what I'm saying? Like Lakers. He, he ain't LA. going to LA. He'll go to LA, man. And do I'm what? Sorry. And do what? Shoot twenty percent from three? He'll do that in Detroit. You talking about what's on the floor? I don't think he's going to play if he like. I'm talking about Detroit. If you take him, you just take him for his head. And you're saying we need somebody to, you know, to talk to these youngsters. He's not going to accept. He's not going to accept that deal. He's but not he, going to accept it. Then he's going to be out of the NBA. Along with, I'll say this like I always say. Then Draymond if you is can't out. Get along with Cats and Golden State. What you going to do somewhere else? Then Draymond is going to be out of the NBA next year. Because there's out? nowhere that's going to pay him. What team is going to pay him thirty million dollars? What team is going to pay him twenty million dollars? Would you pay him ten million dollars at this stage of his career to come the out? Only, and- the, the, look, the only organization is going to pay him ten million dollars is TNT. And Charles ain't going to let him sit on that desk. If they just re up all them, so they yeah. all just got their re up. There ain't no spot on TNT. He's going to have to go over to Fox or CBS or something like no, that. Got, there's always NBA TV. Well, there's always over, NBA yeah, they'll take TV. anybody over on NBA TV. They'll take anybody over. Yeah. But yeah, I don't think Draymond is not a great studio guy. I, he is not that good in the chat. Yes, yes, he is. He, he just talks shit. He's going to end up on ESPN. That's where Draymond going to end up is on ESPN sitting across from Steve A. Smith, and them two going to go back and forth so they can yell at each other all damn day. That's what's going to be. I, I already – I look, look. <laughs> Draymond will move to New York City. He'll move to New York City. You telling me he wouldn't? He, I, th- I think what's going to happen is he'll stay there. He will stay. Well, first off, ESPN is ESPN, but everybody knows TNT for the next 10 years, thanks to those uh, contract extensions. They they're the only game in town. They're like, to but I'm just saying, he ended up on first take. I, I, you, they let Perk sit on first take, bro. They let Perk sit on first take. You telling me they, that Draymond is not better than at least Perk? Yes, he is. Yeah, so well, you know, he has been in the media long enough to know that this is politics. I, I think I think he, he could end up he could certainly end up on the NBA show on ESPN because the NBA show on ESPN they be fixing them every year they try to fix that show and it'll never work they ain't never had a good studio show for ESPN yet and they'll try it with Draymond because they that's what they'll do ESPN is looking for somebody to be a hot take person right that's what right, ESPN is already, but they've already but TNT already got him locked. But I, but I'm just they saying, got them locked. They got a lock for a while. But ESPN got games. They got to play these ABC games. Where do you put Draymond? Would be sitting on those ABC games, sitting there next to Jalen. It'll be Michigan, Michigan State, sitting up there in that on that on that day. So it'll be Jalen and Draymond with whoever the host is, whether it's Malika Anderson or whether it's whomever. And Stephen A. Smith will be the journalist, and that'll be the panel. Watch, watch, and it'll be Cheney will be up there too because they just re-upped her, and Cheney's gonna be doing some stuff too. But it's called, I think Draymond ends up at ESPN because he ain't going to TNT. They don't need another Charles Barkley. They already got a Charles Barkley. They don't need two of them. 
They got out there. ESPN don't have a Charles Barkley, and they think I bet you they think Draymond can be a Charles Barkley. But the problem is Draymond thinks he's smarter than he is. And that's the reason that Draymond gets on your damn nerves on TV because he thinks he's smarter than he is. And he's always talking down to fans when they listen when he's on the on the dance and stuff. So I'm tired of shit. Trying to tell you, man. <laughs> Clutch sports is powerful, bro. If he gets out of Golden State, what they gonna do? They'll send him to LA because you wanna know why? Yeah. The Lakers are desperate enough to keep LeBron happy. It'll be sad to see, bro. It'll be it'll so be sad. But I'm, sad. Saying, right, I'm just can, saying. Can you just it'll be so sad. Like this doesn't end well for Draymond, bro. We always said, you know, that the way his body the way he took care of his body, which wasn't great. Mm-hmm. And the fact that 2016. He and again, this was an undersized guy who played a lot of minutes. Um, banging against bigger dudes over the course of his career. And look, Draymond is one of the great role players of NBA history, but he has overestimated himself. He thinks he's on par with Dennis Rodman when it comes to being great role player. You ain't Dennis Rodman, bro. Dennis Rodman's not going to cost his team a 3-1 lead in the finals. No, and Dennis Rodman wasn't going to punch a teammate. And Dennis Rodman, whatever Dennis Rodman do, with fuck the up bad Dennis. boy Pistons. Dennis will fuck up Dennis. Dennis wasn't going to fuck up anybody else. There you go. He gonna fuck up Dennis's life. He ain't gonna mess with nobody else's life. And Dennis was also the ultimate teammate. Cause what? You, did Dennis ever show up out of shape? Did no. Dennis ever show? And all the stuff. And look, if you could talk about Dennis not scoring points, but how many more did he create for other folks? And I, every time Dennis had to make a shot, the dude made it. Seemed like he made it yeah. to me when they with that ball was You knew that was the most. That was the most in shape dude. Maybe of all time. Of all time. Maybe and of all we, time. Look, and we look, look, I know Michael Jordan's on that team. And Jordan says it. Jordan says it. Ain't nobody but outrunning Jordan Dennis. The same thing. Ain't nobody outrunning Dennis. Dennis Dennis might have been, you know, part Kenyan. I don't know. But Dennis, <laughs> look, as far as athletes go, yeah, you know. I would just say this on Dennis. Because this has nothing to do with anything, but I just love talking about Dennis Rodman sometimes. Dennis Rodman outside of all the shit that people would talk about his life or whatever, is maybe one of the five or six greatest stories in NBA history. Yeah, you so talk about, like, you know, people sell Scottie Pippen's story all the time. They're always selling it where he came out of nowhere in Arkansas. Dennis Rodman was working in a damn airport. Dennis yes. Rodman was, tw- was drafted at the age of 24. Yeah. 24. He had asthma. Had asthma. Okay, came out of an NAIA school. Mm-hmm. Becomes he wasn't even supposed to be the dude. John Sally was supposed to be the dude when they in that yeah. draft. And Dennis becomes the Hall of Famer, the greatest rebounder pound for pound in NBA history, and a maybe the greatest front court defender that we've ever seen. Yes. So like I I think that it's still like when you talk about great stories of athletes who did every squeezed every single bit out of their lives to get to where they were supposed to be. Yeah, you got Dennis Rodman is right there. Hey, the Dennis Rodman story is still never. I don't even the thirty thirty for thirty didn't do him justice. I don't think. I don't think no. it really explained how crazy it is for a dude to even at that time to be twenty four and for them to still be thinking of you as a kid. Yeah, because of where he was mentally. Yeah, this no that ain't Draymond ain't that bro. If you comparing the two. Draymond is an important role player, 
Draymond ain't Dennis Rodman, man. No. Because look, Dennis Rodman liked winning titles too. And if you count and big would three, anything to do with. If Draymond is the third in the big three, right? That's what we count, mm-hmm. I guess, outside of Kevin Durant. If, it, if, you, if Kevin Durant's around, Draymond's four. So yeah. he ain't even in the top three. But if you count only the top threes, and if you put Draymond in, then he's the weakest third of any of the all-time great teams. He's the weakest third guy of any of the all-time great teams. Because if we talk in the Lakers, the third guy's James Worthy. They're in their peak, right? It's Magic, mm-hmm. Kareem, and Worthy. Yep. James Worthy's in the Hall of Fame. James Worthy was all-star. James Worthy was a finals MVP. That ain't just, mm-hmm. you know, if we talk in the Celtics, the worst of that three would probably be Robert Parrish. And yeah. Robert Parrish is in the Hall of Fame. Okay, we're talking the Bulls. The worst of the worst of the three is either Scottie Pippen or Dennis Robin. Both of them is in the top 75 all time. Yeah. You know, so it's the Spurs. Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili, and or David Robinson is the third in that group. Yeah. All of them is better. You know, so it's like if you even if you're talking the Lakers with Kobe and Shaq, if the third in that group is what? Glenn Rice on their first team? Robert Ory. Robert Ory is is it if you're talking great role players, are you putting Draymond ahead of Robert Ory? No. So because you're not gonna because, because you know something, you're not gonna lose your head to the point that you lose an entire series. And he's, he's somebody who can actually put the ball in the bucket every now and then too. And Robert Ory was yes. a great defender too. Robert Ory was yes. a fantastic defender. And he then was, he was a fantastic ball player. Right. And, and he wasn't scared, he was not scared. Never. And you you knew. Draymond Green is scared to shoot the ball. And it's an ugly thing when – He's even scared to lay it up now. He don't yes. even finish at the rim. He's scared of missing. Mm-hmm. And when you're scared of missing, that's in your head. And he's scared of going to the free throw line. And everybody – and the bad thing is everybody knows him. Yep. All right, uh, let's run through these real quick and we'll be done. Uh, who do you think is the MVP of this regular season this year? They're going to give it to Luka. If Luka stays healthy – does what he what if he continues what he did in um in the summer, it's gonna be him. They're gonna hand it to him. The narratives, the storylines, they're talking about him too much. Plus the doubt that the, the members are gonna need him a lot more than they did last year. So he's gonna be doing what Nikola Jokic did last year. So it's gonna be a notch in my opinion. I'm going back to Giannis. I'm saying Giannis gets his third MVP. I think because I we I, I think the Bucks are the best team in the East. And if Giannis is healthy for 75 games, and I, I think Giannis is angry. I think Giannis got something to prove. And I think that dude can still be better. And that's crazy nuts that he's already got a defensive player of the year. He's already got a couple of MVPs in the pocket. He's got a title. He wants that second ring. Because once he gets that second ring, he's bona fide. Mm-hmm. He's that second ring, he's bona fide. One ain't enough. That second one makes media, you bona fide. But we've been in the media forever, so we know Storylines matter. Yes, they if do. The media pushes you enough, and he does his part. But if Dallas – now, remember, well, we've only had, what, how many MVPs? That, Jokic is the, the the second lowest finishing MVP when they finished sixth. Russ mm-hmm. got it when they finished eighth. Those are the only two who finished below sixth in the conference standings. So Luka mm-hmm. cannot be – I don't think if, – if, if Giannis is first in the East – Luca needs to be in that top. They got to keep staying the top five with Dallas. They can't be in the bottom half of that. They I can't be six people, to ten. I think fans and media are tired of seeing Giannis saying, look, I hope you're right. Let's be clear. But the way this thing works, 
you know as well as I do. People love Giannis. What's going on the back? Giannis, Giannis, look, Giannis is the best player in the NBA. People okay? love Giannis. People yeah, love. No, we love Giannis. Everybody Giannis loves Giannis. Everybody, we don't everybody love Giannis. Everybody's going to. Everybody's going to get tired. They're going to spread that MVP award around. They know they can make some money at the NBA marketing Luca. They know he can bring more money, more recognition to the NBA, and he's global. It's going to be Luca based on that. All right. Um, who's the defensive player of the year? I think Giannis is going to get that. I really think Giannis is going to get that one. I think they'll hand it. I think they'll, you know something? He's gonna he's gonna dominate the league. They're not gonna give it to they're not gonna give him the MVP to hand it to Luca, but the defensive player of the year, they'll give it to Giannis. Okay, I'll roll with you on that. I'll roll with you on that. I, I that makes sense. All right, because they, they're not going to give it to Rudy again. Um, no. I, you know, it, it, being in Minnesota, that takes him out of it. You know, I, I believe. Um, and I'm trying to think of who else would be able to jump up and take it. And I'm just, I, I don't think Kawhi gets it. You know what no. I mean? I, I don't think he's not going to play long. He's not going to play enough games. Um, uh, and even if he Bam does, out of Bayou, they 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 run. They're going to run. Miami's going to run Bam out of Bayou into the ground. I just think the thing with Kawhi is that now Kawhi's gotten to the point where the media ha- doesn't think about Kawhi. So no. Kawhi will get honors like All NBA and stuff like that because he has that kind of respect. But the individual honors, like I don't think people will vote for Kawhi because they don't really like him. You know what I mean? Like, and they don't know him. He's so not marketable enough. So Kawhi's too quiet. They ain't, he, Kawhi's ain't gonna get no regular season MVP. He ain't gonna get no defensive player. Another another defensive player of the year award. He won't get no. one uh, because they're gonna look at him as a team defender now because the Clippers has, are so good as a team defense that he won't mm-hmm. get that award. Um, sixth man of the year, Tyler Hero. I think I think it's gonna be this year. Tyler's gonna start. I don't know, man. He started the Tyler two. Tyler Hero is He started the two. Man, don't be surprised. Man, look, 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 look. look. Miami is kind of weird. Who's the okay. starting two? Jimmy's the three. Yeah, they might, you know, so I would not be surprised. And I'm not I'm, I'm being dead serious. And I know I know it doesn't make sense, but I've learned in the NBA after this summer, a lot of things don't make sense. They may figure out a way to bring um bring Duncan Robinson in. To so you can get rid of him. To get rid of him. You gotta showcase it because they gotta get rid of that contract, man. I would look at that. Mm. And Max Struess, yeah, Max Struess, he could be the starter too. But I don't see Tyler Hero. I just don't see it, man. I think they're gonna keep him right where he is and keep grooming him along, and eventually he'll make it to the uh make it to the um starting lineup. I mean, I could be wrong, not saying that, but I'm just saying what I see. But I see Mark, or I see Max Cruz, and for the reason that he's bigger, stronger, and plays better defense, and Duncan Robinson, you want to get rid of you, you, you have got to showcase him. He was so horrible that his contract at eighty some whatever crazy amount of money they gave him was worse than the Hassan Whiteside deal they gave him years. Yeah, back. he made threes, but he did nothing else. He did. But and last three, year he didn't make threes. He made a number. He made them in volume. He did not shoot well. He made like he made. I think he made two hundred of uh, two hundred threes, but he did not shoot well. well this percentage was off. Over, man. He can't guard anybody. No, he cannot, and he's not a rebounder. And he's not a passer. So yeah, he's a one-dimensional. I didn't understand the infatuation with Duncan Robinson because we've seen that guy before. Yes, we've seen. There's been so many times where people are like, "Oh, this guy can really shoot. Let's pay a whole bunch of money for him." But then you realize that basketball requires other skills. Yes, and you can't just have a guy out there at that cost. Just to yeah. shoot, 
There's nobody in the league who's that valuable, just that shooting that you can pay them $30 million. There's nobody. Yes. Nobody. You got to be able to do some other stuff. You can't bury him on the, If you're trying to get rid of him, you can't bury him on the bench. So what I'm saying is this, even to the point that they give him, you know, you remember how they used, the Lakers used to do Curtin Ramos back in the day, five minutes, and then they bring James Worthy in and whatnot, and then he keep it moving. Maybe it's that. But I'm thinking, based on the fact that they're trying to get rid of they, they need to start thinking about getting rid of Duncan Robinson and probably, you know, something, try to uh, attach Kyle Lowry in the deal. You got to get, you got to make sure, you got you to gotta show the other teams that this guy is worth giving up some of your assets. I'm 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 struggling with six man this year because like I just don't know which team like I said I, I don't know with rotations right now. Yeah. Um, I think that there are a lot of teams that could have guys who put up numbers off the bench, but impact. Like I'm out, uh, you know my my bias right now because I've watched him is that I really think that a guy like you know maybe a Trey Murphy emerges and becomes a guy who's a sneaky six man of the year candidate mm-hmm. with the Pelicans. Um, is that, like I said, I, I don't know if another uh, if there are enough other teams in the West where they rely. On, you know, certainly Jordan Poole is going to be right there too. Jordan yeah. Poole is going to be right there too because he's going to get the opportunity to put up points when whenever Steph and Clay are sitting down. It's the Jordan yeah. Poole show. It's his it's his thing. So I would say Jordan Poole is probably the favorite, um, just because he plays for Golden State and he's going to get the most opportunity to put up shots. Yeah, and also like you said, if he uh. Will he qualify? Because they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna rest Clay. They're gonna rest Steph. If he's if they if they rest any of those two players, he's in starting line. Yeah, he's so starting. Holding out for that. But but I mean, you know, we've seen right. that before too. Is where guys got some. You know, it's it, as long as you keep it under twenty starts, you're still yes. a six man. Keep it yes. under twenty, you're still a six man. Yeah. So I think that that that's what happens here. Is you you all they they're gonna balance it enough to where. Even then, you let him come in with that sex, second unit because then he gets to cook. He ain't got to yeah. worry about playing off of nobody. He's just, and, mm-hmm. he, and you keep him away from Draymond. As you keep yeah. him away from, separate them from each other. Uh, coach of the year in the NBA. Mm. If Ty Lue can keep everybody together and healthy and keep them going in the right direction – I want to see Ty Lue win it. I think it but, is Ty Lue. Uh, but personally, I'm rooting for Willie Green to win it. And if he gets it, if, he, if, if New Orleans goes crazy, it's going to be Willie Green. But my odds on favor is going to be Ty Lue. Yeah, I, you know, for a coach who to never get it, if they haven't had success before, that's, mm-hmm. We know it's really hard in NBA unless you super exceed expectations. Yes. Um, and for the Pelicans, that would be – they'd have to finish top five in the West. If yeah. they finish top five in the West, Willie's going to have a real good shot at getting yeah. coach of the year. Um, but, yeah, it, it, you know how it goes. This, this is a thing. It, how long did it take Monty Williams to get mm-hmm. up to that point to where people started to say, oh, let's vote for Monty? How long did it take – Doc Rivers to get to that point where, you know, he was getting both. Because remember, he didn't get him when that year when they went, where Orlando was 42 and 40 and everybody thought they were going to be terrible. And they, Phil Jackson, I don't think ever won coach of the year uh, while he was coaching. So, I mean, it's it's a very odd award. And and a lot of times you don't want it because we've seen a lot of times in the NBA, you get coach of the year next year, you get fired. 
It's weird. It's a weird thing. You get coached here next year, you get fired. Uh, <laughs> so the coach that – two more. The coach likely to get fired first. Ooh. Billy Donovan. In Chicago? Yes. I mm. just – it, that that Lonzo Ball thing hurts a lot more than you think. And I'm going to say Tom Thibodeau. I don't see it. Um, I, 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 you know something? You know something? Deep down, we both want it. Knicks get off and to a real you, bad you, start. Knicks get off to a real bad start. I Call's going to go up. Yeah, but for who who you gonna replace him with? Does it matter? That team gonna be yes, shit no matter. It, it really does. It really it really does. I, I I mean, look, we hope we hope, but I'm not going back though. I'm not looking back. I don't I don't love him no more. Yeah, yeah. but I, I mean, I, I just don't I, I just don't see it. I mean, it, look, it makes sense because obviously what the front office wants is him to develop the young players, which he's not doing. Uh, Derrick Rose is going to get thirty minutes thirty minutes a game. Um. Julius Randle and look, I don't think I don't I don't I don't think the front office is going to come out with a press conference to say this guy's going to get fired and then try to face the fan base. I think Tibbs I think Tibbs going to get frustrated to the point where he going they going to have to it's going to be some kind of agreement because I think okay. the dudes there's going to be a mini mutiny on that squad. Cause I, I think, believe that. I believe that. You were I think, right. I think dudes like Obi Toppin and these cats, they tired, man. They are yeah. tired already. already. And Cam Reddish? Cam Reddish already asked. The, he don't want to be there. Cam Reddish don't want to be there. And, and, he, and, he, and, he, and I agree with him. He did, I, I thought it was – I thought when they traded him, I was like, he ain't going to play. Yeah. I didn't. I never understood. I was like, they, he's under 26. He'll yeah. never play. He'll never play. He's under 26 years old. Talk yeah. to him and don't play nobody. Who ain't got at least five years of experience in his league? He won't do no, it. under him. And not he, and under he, him. And the only reason he playing they RJ Barrett is because he had no choice. RJ Barrett was yes. the number three pick in the draft. He had had no choice yeah. to play it. Yes. He had no choice. Everybody else, he has decided I ain't playing you. No, he won't do it. Uh, so I think Tim he is this era. He is this era's Larry Brown. Because in the way. West, you ain't the teams at the bottom. They ain't firing Silas. They ain't firing Steven Silas. He got no, no reason. To. No, nobody's taking nobody's taking that job. And Steven Silas has done a great and job. And you're not gonna but and also Tim McTeen ain't paying two people to coach that team. He ain't no. paying two people. But he has done a great job. He has and, done he has done what the owner wants him to do. So and who else? You're not firing Mike Malone in Denver. He ain't getting fired. Mm. And you ain't coach. Chauncey ain't getting fired in, in Portland. They ain't no. fired Chauncey yet because that team is, is, is as long as Dame don't ask for him to get fired, he ain't getting fired. You know, whatever. Uh, so I don't see anybody in the West. In the West, who gets like I don't see a candidate in the West right now to get fired because everybody, no, no, no. you know, Phoenix, Monty ain't getting fired. Monty's not going anywhere. Monty ain't getting fired. Sacramento just got a coach. They ain't firing Mike Brown. They ain't doing that. Yeah. The Clippers ain't firing Ty Lue. No. The Lakers ain't gonna fire Darvin Ham. It's no, not he happening. Because he's the only one take the job. Yeah, it's like shit. I'll take the job. Ain't nobody yeah. getting fired and in the West. Four, and they give him four years. So nobody in the, in the Western Conference is not. Charlie can't fire nobody because nobody don't want that job. Nobody wants the job. You ain't firing anybody in Washington. West Unsell Jr. did a good job. So he ain't going nowhere. <laughs> so it seems to me New York is the biggest candidate for coach to get fired. And you ain't firing in Boston because that dude ain't nothing but interim anyway. He might get fired. He deserves to get fired. Steve Nash. 
He won't get fired though. That I don't know. I'm gonna now, if you now. fire him, so are you replacing nine and eleven? He's gone. Okay, if you if you fire him, are you replacing him then with Jock Vaughn? Yes, because I think Jock got 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 the raw deal. Yeah, he got yeah he got screwed. Yes, you know after the way he led Steve that Nash, team. Nine, if he gets a nine and eleven start or eight, anywhere within five hundred around twenty games, he's gone. Then if that happens though, then what does that say about Kevin Durant and him saying in offseason that he ain't like the setup? Then it makes doesn't it make it even it just makes Brooklyn Who cares. Even, I think Brooklyn just if that happens, Brooklyn goes nuts. Cause then there's nobody in charge. There's nobody in charge. Steve Nash shouldn't have been the coach. Steve Nash, there is somebody in charge. Steve, no, Steve Nash shouldn't Sean have been the coach. Sean Marks is in charge if they fire Steve Nash. Sean Marks probably gonna get fired in too. Because it's I don't his think fault. He's fired. I really you know Sean his Marks fault. will stay. Steve Nash is gone. Fire them both. I'd have to if I'm Josiah, fire them both. Uh uh-uh. uh. Sean Marks is a great general manager. Sean Marks had his chance to be a great general manager, and then he sold his soul for Kyrie Irving. I agree with that, but you know something? That, that's a deal everybody wanted to do at the time. It made sense at the I time. Mean. It's just terrible now. The only mistake I think he made was trading James Harden out of town. That was it. I think, he made a, I think he made a mistake in getting rid of Jared Allen, you know, and getting rid of that. All those guys that had been legit, you know, like I said, Spencer Dinwiddie. They weren't going to pay him $100 million. They just weren't going to pay Jared $100 million. But they paid DeAndre Jordan, like, all that money to come over 40, there. They paid him. I look, he made a mistake there, too. $40 million. They gave him $40 million over four years. I got I got you. But even then, they got rid of him. They, they ended up getting rid of him. So, yeah, what, what I'm saying, if it's though. Steve Nash. Okay. All right. Um, This is the last one, then. Who wins the NBA championship this year? Like I said, I'm going with Milwaukee. I'm saying Milwaukee gets back to it. I think I think it's Milwaukee, Golden State in the finals, the one that we we wanted to see. Yeah, the one that we want to see, Giannis versus Steph. That's what everybody wants. That's what that's I what want. you know. So that's what I wanted to. But you know, some up until two weeks ago, I was with you. I would be right there with you with Golden State. But after this Draymond thing, until they figure that out. I'm picking the Los Angeles Clippers to go to the NBA Finals. So you, are you I saying Clippers Bucks? Clippers Bucks. That's be a great series if too. Quit, because if Chris Middleton is healthy, nobody can say nobody can stop me walking four times in a week. Nope. Nope. It's not going to happen. Nope. Can't do it. Because they they have the best. They would they have with those three guys healthy with Drew Holiday, um, Chris Middleton, who's also an All NBA defender. And Giannis, who's a defensive player of the year, Drew Holiday's all NBA defender. With those three guys together, no, you ain't getting buckets, man. You ain't no. getting no buckets on that uh, team. Bobby, Bobby Portis is just brings his toughness. Yep. It's, it's just not going to happen. Bobby Portis is going to – more important, Giannis is going to show up and play every night. Bobby Portis is going to show up and make everybody play every night. I, I, the finals. I, yeah, I, I I really like Milwaukee. So I'm taking Milwaukee and, and, and go to state. You got Milwaukee and the Clippers. Bruh, this was a blast, man. I love talking hoops with you. I, I just – I love doing it. I love talking hoops in general, but it's always fun when we get to do it because we, we just – we just – we have so much fun doing it, man. It's a blast. Yeah, man. Because we're family, man. And you know something, what we do is we make – we talk basketball. We don't talk narratives. No. We talk, we talk basketball, but we talk about the front office. We talk about the coaching staff and the players because all of them are connected. And since we're in the media, we'll tell you something that the media may not or cannot tell you. And that's what, makes it, that's what makes you hard in the paint with David Grubb. 
These are real people. That's the thing. It's like these are not figures in a video game. These are yes. real people. And so you have to take all of those things into account when you you can't just put them together and say, it's not, you know, this is your average and this is your average and then we go win these games. These are human beings that got to interact with each other that have to live and go through this for 82 games. Yes. They are they are human beings and there will be good days and bad days and people get hurt and people get traded and people quit on teams and guys yes. just make business decisions. And it's it's and general managers make terrible decisions and owners make bad decisions. So we probably going to be wrong on at least half these things. We probably will. I mean, that's just the nature of because things we can't control. Yeah, things we can't control. But I will put down my gut. Like I said, the last couple of years, me and you sit down and we do this preseason stuff. The big things of the year, we've been pretty good on. Yeah. Uh, and so we just do our best with that. And, and of course, you and I will talk throughout the season, brother, um, and continue to do that. Um, y'all know you can, you can catch Ron everywhere. MLBbro.com, Lake Show Life. Um, you follow him at Sport World, Sport World Order on Twitter um, and Instagram. And uh, just follow him, and you'll be up to date on the NBA, man. You're gonna talk to we gonna talk hoops and baseball um, as much as you want. And I, y'all know how to get at me at DM Grub wherever you follow, and uh, Hard in the Paint is wherever you get your podcast. Rate it, subscribe to it, share it with folks. Um, I think we are the most comprehensive. This is the most comprehensive basketball podcast um, in in the Louisiana area. Um, I think we just, I think we do a great job and and I love the guests that I have. And I think we talk basketball on a high level. Um, and if we could do it better, let me know if there's a way we can do it better. Let me know. Um, because that's what we want to be just like players won't be the best. We want to be the best at what we do. Um, but we respect the game and we respect the fans and we respect the listeners. So thank y'all for checking out these two parts. And, uh, I hope we have a great NBA season. Um, brother, you got any final words? Um, Pay attention to the human element of basketball as opposed to the media element of basketball. I mean, we're here to be able to to um, read between the lines for you, but that's what podcasts are for. We, we're going to tell you the truth. And a lot of this is narratives. A lot of things it, you can't, these people cannot be able to say. We can. That's why we want you to come to us. So if you want to go to the major need, uh, media networks, fine. But then come and check out people like David Grubb, myself, uh, Brandon Scoob, uh, Scooby Rocks. I mean, shout these guys out. You know what I'm saying? There are please, people out there that are willing to say what needs to be said. So pay attention to the human element. Pay attention. Don't just go to the internet. Don't just go to Twitter and assume you know basketball because you can get embarrassed with people that really enjoy the game, study the game, and know the game. Till the next time, um, let's have a great NBA season. And uh, this has been On the Paint. Y'all be good. Yeah.